Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 464 for the week of June 2nd, 2018. I'm Chris Privetier. I'm bringing you the RPG news, but I don't do it alone. Joining me today, I've got Kelly Ryan. Hello. Josh Carpenter. Hello. Jonathan Stringer. Hi. Pascal Takaya. Hi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is wake up. High people. energy today. And Anna Marie. It's a party in here. It was our anniversary yesterday. I love you, Anna. Yay. I loved you enough yesterday. Oh, I lose. <laughs> you can tell who has the sugar rush from the donuts and who does not. <laughs> I had some donuts. How are you doing, Kelly? You had donuts too. How are you liking those donuts? Uh, I could go eat a couple more. Oh, don't Chris, do that. Let me recommend against that. No. no, no. Chris ate too many donuts. I had too many donuts. Too many donuts. I will be asleep during the second half of this show. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> What are we playing this I've week? I've been on a podcast where the host fell asleep. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, luckily there were there were a lot of people on, so we really didn't notice. It was, an, it was a, uh, a a drunk um, Christmas holiday podcast, and uh, the the host passed out Perfect. from drink. Perfect. Ten out of ten podcast. All right, Pascal, you you've put yourself in the spotlight. Oh no! What have you been playing this week? You've been playing all of the Switch. No, I yeah, but um, I put a lot of games um, on the on the list that I've been playing, but it's not all necessarily this week because I just haven't been on in a while. Yeah, you haven't been on in um, a while, so catch us up. Mm, well, it's so the good ones I've been playing, everybody already knows. Um, so uh, I, I my my uh, Switch when I after I bought it, it just kind of sat there for a while. I wasn't really, I don't know, I must have had some sort of uh, anxiety to start on it right away. So eventually I finally got into um, Breath of the Wild and that I put that down already. Um, I uh, I think I only played it for maybe 10 or 15 hours and eventually I'll probably go back to it. And I know it's been talked to death already, but um, yeah, it's not, uh, it didn't catch me the way I was hoping it would. It's, it felt like um, like a fine game, but not like a Zelda game really at all is that fair yeah that's totally fair it's not a normal zelda game it 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 really just didn't feel it didn't feel like zelda at all in any way so i'm not well it has a link in it and there's a person named zelda and a cannon about zelda yep there's a sword there's a master Uh, sword the biggest thing well i mean there's you know obviously the item um what, what uh What's the word for it? I Item don't know. Destruction, uh, destruction, the... deterioration, right? Yeah. That's, it really isn't a fun system to me, but it's not the, um, like, that's not really what breaks it either. Uh, where's the dungeons? That's, that's what I, for, so for 15 hours, I just kept kind of. There's miniature the puzzle station. dungeons all over no. the map, and then there's four so, bigger dungeons that you take out as you go through the game. Oh, so you know what? I haven't even gotten to the big dungeons, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Like, why? Why does it take that long to to get to anything? That because it's more about enjoy. Yeah, it's more about having fun running around doing whatever you feel like. But yeah, there's no dungeons. So if you're looking for Zelda dungeons, like traditional Zelda dungeons, it's that's not the game for you. That's it's a like different game than that. It needs it needs it so much. Yeah, I think that was like, yeah that was. 
that was my biggest complaint about it when I finally did do the quote unquote dungeons. It was like those were just not worth the trouble. And one of my favorite parts about mo- modern Wait, the Zelda, big ones now? Yeah. The, yeah they're the... they're big by comparison, but they're still yeah. it's not like it's not like the dungeons from previous games. That I know yeah. and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you blink and it's like, oh, that was it. That was all I had to do. Well, okay. That was disappointing. And I, um, I saw plenty of videos before I bought it because I'm, I'm a late, I guess, a late Switch adopter, like a year into the, the console already almost, just about. So um, I've seen some videos of people running around doing like crazy things, you know, uh, like you said, like doing whatever they want in the world. But that's that's just not me. So what, what I want is some kind of like structured gameplay. And the best it's given me is the the shrines. And I don't know, after a while, they, <laughs> they're not that interesting anymore. See, for me though, like three D dungeon 3D Zeldas like are so focused on those dungeons, I don't know that they're fun. I don't know that uh I, I don't think that the, the 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 Zelda dungeons are like the reason to Zelda in hmm. in other Zelda games. I I feel like they got too much. I don't know. I enjoy the Zelda dungeons because you know they're kind of like one big puzzle to solve and explore Mm -hmm. and you know figure out how to do stuff but i guess it also depends on your play style too well because most of those are like little puzzles just stacked together and then you get lost and it's like oh this is stupid and now i gotta go back over here and push myself along this rope with a leaf again and i don't know what i'm doing anymore you know, I'm kind of with you, Pascal. I tried playing this game. I have a Switch, and I really couldn't get it that into it. But I'm also not really a huge open world, do whatever you feel like game player. So I guess that that style doesn't naturally appeal to me anyway. So yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful game, and I did have some fun for the first initial couple of hours, and it just the fun I was having just wasn't. And, you know, it doesn't feel like Zelda fun. That's that's really, I don't know how else to explain it. It just, there's something about it that would probably be, if it didn't have Zelda slapped on the cover and it, you know, was whatever other game, then I could maybe even enjoy it more for what it is. But I feel like it doesn't feel like Zelda. That's, it's it's kind of intangible, I guess, in a way. And I think the dungeons are just part of that. You know, you're saying you're, you're kind of tired of the dungeons, but I, I feel like they're like, they're a vital component of it. Everything so, that you're saying is what I felt about yeah. Minish Cap, so I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm, that one I never played. Yeah, it's I a Zelda game it. that doesn't feel like a Zelda game, and it, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it had been called anything other than Zelda. I think I'm going to go back and you know try to finish it or keep playing it after I've gotten through some of the other Switch games I've uh, kind of stacked on top uh, now. Because that was the first one I bought. It was that, and um, I'm trying to remember. Did I buy Mario and Rabbits on day, you know, my first day? I think I did. I think I bought Rabbits and Zelda. So I started with Zelda. That didn't really lead me very far. So um, then I, when I put that away, um, I tried. Now I've been playing uh, Mario and Rabbits. And um, was it Josh? You were the one that reviewed it, right? Yeah, and so I'm curious okay. about this because I you proofed that review and you told me that that review had kind of put you off of yeah. it. So I'm curious, curious to see what you think of it. Um, so I only ended up 
even buying it because um, I had already bought um, uh, Mario Odyssey for my brother. So I knew I was going to get to play that regardless. I didn't need to repurchase it. And then I'm thinking, so what else am I going to buy? And that just ended up being uh, at the store, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, because the review kind of did put me off a little bit. But man, am I glad that I, uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that um, they had it available and not much else because I'm loving it. This is the game that I should have started with. And, and anybody who hasn't played it, I'm, I got to kind of ask, like, why haven't you? Because it came out at a time when a bunch of other stuff was out and I wanted to play that more. That was my excuse. That's your excuse? <clears throat> yes. Anna Marie has, has not. I don't know if any of you guys, Chris... What have I played? What Zelda? Mario and Rabbits. Oh, Mario and Rabbits. Um, I got through the first world and some of the second world, and oh. just kind of didn't get back to oh. it. I hate rabbits. I like I like <laughs> rabbits. I find that the um, I find the tactical gameplay to be lacking depth. Yeah, and to be it is. very long and grindy and slow, and just puts me to sleep a bit. Um, but that kind of. It kind of works in a way with the uh, the pick up and play and you know play in little bursts. I think. Oh yeah, but I tried to play it in long bursts and that didn't work. Because <laughs> yeah. I need I I play games a lot, Pascal, and so like I can't do a pick up and play with the Switch. I don't know. I I never in a situation where I can do pick up and play with the Switch. I'm always sit down, let's play for a couple hours with the Switch, and mm -hmm. that that game wasn't working for that. Wow, that and that's what I have been doing. But I I, I agree the the tactical stuff is. Mm, it's a little, um, it's on the surface kind of, mm -hmm. you, you can, uh, I mean, I remember thinking like, oh, it's like everybody thought it's, um, it's XCOM with Mario, but no, it's a far cry from that. Like the one thing I kept asking myself for the first, like maybe two worlds is what's the purpose of cover? Cause it seems like no matter, um, no matter how well you think you hide yourself, the enemy, like every turn, the enemies will flank you and shoot you regardless. Um, and and vice versa, you know, enemies behind cover. It's it's it seemed useless at first. It's kind of uh, wh where am I at right now? I think I'm on world four. Yeah, I just started world four, and I don't know how many worlds there are, four or five or something like that. I think I'm I think close. It was four. Yeah, I'm closer than I I want to be. I think already then, but um, the tactical gameplay is a little bit more interesting as the game goes on. But the the thing that really has has gotten me excited to keep like picking it up and playing for another like. 45 minutes hour and then again and again multiple times a day is the the stuff in between the battles like i really dig the um i don't know if i can want to call it exploration because it there's not a ton to explore but there's some light puzzle solving and it just the whole like aesthetic it's very uh like mario pastel colors and i i mean it's it's definitely the best game i've played on the switch so far yeah they did a really good job of tying that tying the little bit of mario into the tactical gameplay and and it just it's not a lot but it does help tie it together and kind of break things up yeah and it's no platforming at all it's just this really light puzzle solving but somehow it just kind of hits a sweet spot for me mm -hmm. um it's so much fun you know i i don't even so i do have mario odyssey sitting here i haven't really started it yet um but i kind of just want to do more of the the non-platforming, like puzzle-based gameplay. I don't, I don't want to do the tactical combat. I don't want to do platforming. <laughs> I just, I wish I could just do more of the, the world traveling, you know. And and 
in uh, breaking blocks and what whatever other powers he has in in Mario and Rabbits, breaking blocks and picking up statues and uncovering um, collectible treasure chests. But, and in a couple of weeks, there'll be DLC with more of it. Whole nother world. Oh, is that coming up? Yeah, the Donkey Kongs. Is that like the 14th or something? Middle of June, I think. Mm. So since you're you're the one that's actually played it, did you um, ever vary up your, your team? Because I've, I've uncovered or I like I've unlocked, a, I don't know, three or four or five new characters. Um but I, my team has stayed the same all throughout so far. I haven't changed them. Yeah, that's what I remember my gripes being. Like, I didn't really... It doesn't... It's one of the failings of it. It doesn't do a good enough job in giving you reasons to use some of the other characters. And then some of them, it dumps them in so late that you can't... I can't remember which one it gives you, like, late in the fourth world. But you only have, like, four or five missions that you can even use them on. Can't remember if that was Yoshi or which one, which character it gave you late. But yeah, I just remember pretty much I had like one party. Rabid Peach was the healer and you experimented a little bit. But part of the problem is, is that you kind of want to uh, keep all your characters upgraded in terms of weapons. So it kind of behooves you to concentrate on, you know, a fairly set party. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess the only reason maybe you could switch your party up later is if you want to go back and do the... um like the uh, extra challenges, whatever they're called in the game. Yeah. Like each world has like 10 challenges that you get more upgrade orbs for, mm -hmm. which I tried a few of them. I found those to be pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, unless maybe you go back way, way after the fact and do them. So yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if, if switching up my party, because I haven't tried it at all, what would make the game, you know, feel markedly different or not. But they either way, I'm loving it. Yeah, like the there are some characters that really do have like different a different feel to them, but that that's always what I ended up falling into was just the, uh, you know, like oh man, I only got this much money and I need to keep, the, you know, I need to keep need to have characters keeping up. So yeah, it's so um the, the, those are my uh, my positive experiences with the Switch. Oh no, mostly Mario, I guess, but a little bit Zelda. I mean, it, you know, to give it to give it its fair due, it is Zelda's fun in its way. But um, and then we have the other the other side of the coin. Um, so I've been reviewing a couple of games. Well, one, and then the second one I'm in the process of. And um, man, I've never been <laughs> I've never been so happy to have um, to have a, a portable console that's meant to just be played in short bursts because I just can't take long sessions of either one of these games. Um, and I, I pray every moment I play either one of them that please be over soon. Come on, you have to be at the end anytime now. So I think we're going to talk about one a little bit later anyway, because um, the review went up recently. So I'll hold off for now on that one. But um, right now I'm playing um, something called Penny Punching Princess, which maybe... I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Looking at that at the store yesterday. Yeah, okay, that's, tell that's us about Penny Princing Princess. Is it awesome or is it terrible, or well, is it in the middle? Um, or I'll just shut it, up and let you talk. You could you not tell by the way I I introduced it. He said, and now on to the games that aren't good. Oh, yeah, it looks so interesting. Maybe it's too. not good in an awesome way. No. Well, I find, you know, it makes me wonder if I'm not, if I'm just not the right person for certain games. Are you punching the pennies wrong? Uh, yep. 
Are you pinching the pennies wrong? Pinching. Well, it's, you can't pinch pennies. That's the that's the problem the, with this game. Yeah, the point of the game is to spend your money on <laughs> yes. any um Esther, okay, so that's that's an interesting idea. It's so it's a um, when I when I agreed to to play it uh, for review, of course, you know. So the first thing I'm thinking, oh, it's an action RPG. It's how how much um, how annoying can it be? You know, it's again, I'm I'm thinking, oh, it's you know Zelda gameplay, but without the dungeon. That, so it's a so number one. It's, Stop laughing! It's, at yeah, what's, what's happening? Spoilers. If a game isn't immediately picked up by reviewers, <laughs> that might mean there's a problem. Yeah, I'm really finding um, just kind of being on the site in general and, and playing uh, different different styles of RPGs. Man, I, I never knew there were so many RPG uh, varieties that I just despise. <laughs> like I said, we'll, we'll talk about another one later, but... Um, so this uh, so this game is it's a it's a dungeon it's a third person dungeon crawler um, kind of hack and slash, and with really uh, pixely retro graphics. So that kind of covers it as far as like what you can tell by looking at videos and pictures, and it's got the um, the gameplay hook that the money that you you get by opening chests and um, defeating bad guys you can obviously you can use to do stuff like strengthen your character, but um, Interestingly, you can also bribe enemies with it. So mid-battle, at any point, really, as long as um, as long as you have enough money, you can um, you can pay them out of your pocket, and they disappear from the battlefield. So in other words, they become your ally, um, only in the way of that they no they no longer attack you, and you can use them as kind of a like a summonable special attack. Um, while uh, as you continue in the dungeon and then they give certain bonuses outside of combat as well and that's called bribing so you can bribe the enemy forces which you know that sounds i guess interesting um that's different <laughs> um that's that's what i can say about it it's different but it isn't you can bribe uh, enemies and sweet it too yeah yeah i don't know yeah. it just isn't fun like this is this you know this is one out of two switch games where i just keep asking myself why you know, so there's interesting ideas designed into the game, but why are we forgetting about that? I think you just don't like Switch fun? games. Yeah, you no. don't like Zelda. You don't like this. Yeah. Well, I like. I don't, well, I, I like Zelda. Okay, I just didn't like it for being Zelda. Oh, okay. Fine. I'll trust your opinion. <laughs> Do you personally? <laughs> I think it. I personally think it's more annoying when the game has good ideas, but then it just doesn't, you know, put everything together in a good way. If it was garbage, you could just write it off. But when it's got some good, when it has a few good ideas, you get mad at it for not pulling it off. So what is it not putting together well, Pascal? I was, yeah, I was about to say. So here's here's what's not working for me in this game. First of all, it's it's really hard. And that's not always a negative, but it is in this game because it makes it really repetitive. You're replaying levels or dungeons over and over and over again um, because you keep dying. Um, and in order to get anything out of a dungeon, money or the um, the enemies you bribe or there's certain artifacts you can find, in order to get anything out of a dungeon, you have to complete it. So you find yourself replaying the same dungeons over and over. And then uh, to make it worse, you play them again anyway um, because you need more allies that you have to bribe and certain types of monsters to create uh, better armor for yourself. 
um, and they can only be found in certain dungeons, or you might just need more money in general. So you keep going back over and over and over into the same really dull dungeons. That's you know that's the other thing. They're not fun. You just you walk around and you you do. Uh, it's just waves of enemies attacking, basically. The so dungeon Diablo? may as well not even be there. Say again? <laughs> so Diablo? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> uh, I, don't know. I got out of the whole Diablo thing oh, okay. very early on, so I can't even compare it to the, the later Diablo games, I guess. All right. It, but I don't know. Diablo has you know a fan base because there's fun to it. This This just isn't fun. I don't know if I'm not getting that across well enough. Well, I, you made it grindy. clear that... Oh, go ahead. No, it's, it sounds very grindy, and the gameplay isn't fun enough to justify the grinding. So, And there's little um, story, like dialogue segment segments um, it, when you begin and end any new dungeon, but it isn't even... Even the story is is not entertaining whatsoever. It's, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> and I mean that in the way of... Um, I think it's I think it's trying so hard to be funny and cute and failing at it that it just it kind of feels sad in a way. So there I don't know what to like about it. So I'm really happy that I can just like pick it up, put it down and then I have to pick it up again cuz I'm trying to finish it and I keep praying to please be near the end. I haven't been able to find online any um <laughs> any information like how many how many levels or how many worlds there are. I'm on chapter four of the game, and each chapter has, I, I, I think, five or six dungeons in it. But like I said, you play them repeatedly. Um, I've, I've just unlocked the second character, and the best information I've been able to find is that that happens late in the game, so I'm kind of excited that apparently I'm late in the game, and that means I'm almost done. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the bottom line is if... If looking forward to the end so you don't have to play anymore is the best thing you can say about the game, it just, you know, that's, there you go. That's a yikes. And I bet for somebody else it wouldn't be the, uh, as negative of an experience. I'm just, I'm just not that gamer that enjoys this, this kind of game, I guess. Yeah. That's most of my, my Switch playing. Um, I did... Try Xenogears 2. I borrowed that from a friend also, and I played it for, I think, like five there, hours. There is no Xenogears 2. What is it? What am I saying wrong? Xenosaga? Xenoblade. 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 My, I'm sorry. Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had to give you crap about that because there's like 80 different Xeno games, so I'm not sure which yeah, one you're you right. meant. <laughs> well, the one on the Switch, but yeah, you're absolutely. Okay. I mean, if I'm going to say I, wasn't, I didn't play it much, I should probably say which game. So I... That now that seemed like a fun game until I couldn't cut it anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to the point where you're because um, the game just kind of provides you with like really well leveled characters for the first few hours, so you can get through stuff. And I'm and I then it makes you the... either learn the combo system or do yeah. a bunch of grinding. Yep. Yeah, uh, or or just die and fail like me because they all left due to story reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm by myself, and I don't know how anything works. Um, I, I I tried. Well, you um, should go back and watch those two um, <laughs> Nintendo Directs where they do in-depth combat tutorials. Yep, there you go. I probably need to. <laughs> I tried doing some some side quests that I'm that I 
appear to be appropriately leveled for. Like I'm a higher level than what it suggests for me to be. And I can't not even close. And I tried like dozens of times. And so at that point you just take the cartridge out and say, Nope. <laughs> and that's right when Mario, you know, and rabbits came, came into its own and I haven't looked back. I feel bad about that. I don't think you should feel bad about playing a game you want to play. <laughs> no, not I feel I feel bad about just uh, Xenoblade. Just I just I watch Chris play, there. and I'm like, how come you're not using any of the abilities that are popping up on the screen? And he's just like, shut up. It's like it's not as hard as the Tales game, but it's not that easy either. <laughs> See, I never str I played that entire game, and I never struggled with that. Maybe I'm just late. Yeah, yep. Kelly, that's what it is. You're just <laughs> hardcore elite. <laughs> I think you just paid attention to how the combat system worked. I must have. I, I don't know, know if that's I'm, Pascal's problem. I know that's definitely Chris's I'm problem. I'm doing the things on the screen. I'm every time. Are it you says, breaking hey, and tumbling and smashing? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Kelly, do you know what those mean? Yes. Okay, so there's your difference. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, there's... It, it, yeah. it just kind of clicked with me. It was just kind of like seeing stuff proc and wow and taking advantage of that. So, yeah, Pascal, you have to break monsters, which takes certain skills on certain um, blades, and then you have to tumble them. Usually you need more than one person to be able to pull that off, and then you smash them while they're floating around in the air, and um, then you do massive damage. I mean, should I have more than... Because I have two blades... At the point where I'm at, the one that the game gives you. Yeah, I don't know like, where I, you are. If you can, if you have the access to more core crystals, then you can hatch some more blades, and that might be a good that, idea. I did do one of those. Okay. Um, but I don't know how to switch to a mid battle. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, I know the, there's a button, the and I'm pushing it. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It Just, does not work. For me. Okay. Do you have it? Equipped? I think he needs to be charged up or no. Something? No. You can switch whenever you I, want. This isn't the place for it, but. They have a cooldown, but it's very. They do have a cooldown, yeah, but that's after you switch. No, it okay. So I can't. I don't know. I, I've been able to switch outside of battle. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, and apparently, I don't have a healer. Is also the problem. Neither one of the two blades I have is a healer. Right. I don't. I, but you, I at that point, you shouldn't need one. Ridiculous. Who? So is it you I and like Nia right now? Is it you and Nia right now, or is it just um, you? Who's that? Is so the, the girl with just the him. Yes. No, that's I'm at. I'm after she leaves. After I'm right she after leaves. she okay. leaves. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm who, in that same town. Do you have still. anyone in your party other than you? Yep, me. Okay. And 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 the blade. That's it. You need to just rush to the next story point to get some people back. I think. Because <laughs> yeah, I think the first one you get back is Nia. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I do go back to it, that's what I'll I'll just do the story and yeah, never mind all the yeah. Story. I think that's Ancillary what you need to do, stuff. unless you can't pull that off, in which case you're going to have to grind a little, I guess, <laughs> which is going to suck by yourself. Because Nia's going to be your best healer throughout oh, pretty much the whole game. Yeah, I know what you can do, She pulled me through everything Pascal. up until that point. I know what you can do. Salvage. You're in that village. There's a salvage point in the middle of it. Yeah. Spend a bunch of time salvaging and just doing it over and over until you're bored to tears and you'll have so much money and stuff that you can upgrade a bunch of things. 
or at least buy equipment and stuff or Can't buy more to go back to things. it now sounds so, amazingly fun yeah i know i know i know i know but I'm, you can because I'm assuming game. you're not going to enjoy salvaging just for salvaging's sake, like I did. <laughs> no, I, I um I, the the friend I borrowed it from, he had played I don't know like a, over 150 hours of it. Mm-hmm. So he, I, he's the first person I, I turned to, and he, he also said something like, "Don't do the side stuff, do the main quest." But by then I had already um, taken the the cartridge out of the the system. It's really annoying to change those cartridges, like. I will stick. I would. I would rather just stick to a game, just so I don't have to get up and change the cartridge at this point. Okay. Um, but then I've been. You know, that's like your I first said, mistake: could... buying cartridges for your Switch. Mm. Everything should be digital, so you can switch to whatever you want at any time. No? That's and there you All go. Right. That's what I've been. I've, so I put Mario and Rabbids in, and then I've been switching to the uh, digital games, and I haven't had a reason to go back to Xenoblade yet. Yeah, that's fair. Chris, I will be dragged kicking and screaming into the digital download feature. <laughs> I knew one or two of you would object to that. <laughs> oh, are we done with Pascal? Just as a yes, concept, throw we're him done with the him. Yep, he's yeah. done. Yep. All right. <sighs> Kelly, what you been playing? Well, I put a little more into Strange Journey, and I am Anna on the finished thir- it. Yeah, Anna makes the rest of us look bad. But that's okay. But no, I'm on the third dungeon right now. I just fired something at a giant pig that was attached to a ship. Oh, no! Yeah. Yeah, that sprite's disgusting. (laughs) Um... How much of the uh, Womb of Grief did you do, Anna? Did you complete it? I did all of it, but I didn't finish it. Okay. You did all of it, but you didn't finish it. (laughs) How do those two things go together? I can answer that, but it's sort of a spoiler. All right. Well, forget it then. Um, I just... No, actually, I I can do it without mostly spoilering it. By the time you are able to finish the Womb of Grief, you are 99% of the way done with the game. And at that point, I was like, I just want to be done with the game. I just, I noticed that you get a lot of really handy uh, formas in that. Like, one of the first ones that it gives you is an item to let that pretty much lets you skip uh, enemy encounters that are lower than you. Yeah, which that's is, really nice. Which is there's handy. so as... much backtracking in that game. Yeah. And then um, the second one that you get is one that lets you see where you're going to warp to on the map. So I'm, you know, I do both of these. I'm like, okay, it must behoove me to try and do these to get these rare formas that are so handy for the yeah, main game. Because and I, did, I didn't know if that carried through throughout. It does. Okay. Yeah, no, the, the formas that you get in the Womb of Grief are amazing. So, like, um, Sam on Twitter talks about the fact that she quit in um, Sector E. And, yeah, without those or without a map, um, it would be absolutely aggravating to neg- navigate some of this stuff. I even started taking notes. Um because I hadn't realized that I had somehow managed to turn off that sub app. Hmm. 
So here I am with a clipboard, and I'm like, up, down, left, right, up, down, arg. That was actually a <laughs> note that I made, arg. I remember that. <laughs> so I was fairly good after I turned that sub app back on. Um, I only got stuck one more time that I needed to check a couple of maps. And that was because I needed to take a warp um, during a full moon. Okay. And I'm like, what kind of hot crap is that? I'll have to keep an eye out for that. I... I know that I got a little bit uh, a little bit stuck trying to figure out where I had to go after I ran into Horkos. And it took me a couple of tries before I realized I had to go back and talk to the angel to pretty much get the thing to take out Horkos. And now I'm trying to, or following him upstairs. But the second that I got the Forma, the, or the unlock type B Forma, I went right back into the womb of grief because I knew, okay, there's going to be something good in the next area yes and that's where i left off on before i had to go to sleep last night yeah and i mean i skipped some side quests and then i went back and finished those side quests because they were all for side for sub ops that were super duper hey, useful anna uh-huh did you do like the ally quests from the room of grief um what do you mean? Did you get like Loki's ally quest, for example? Um, so those were on the sixth floor. Did you not do those? No. Nah. There are three endings you didn't get access to. Correct. Okay. So you haven't actually gotten the new endings. Correct. You and you don't care. No. Okay. That's why I said I finished. I I I I finished. What did I say before? All I wanted to point out is that if you do with Anna, like a lot of times when Anna finishes a game, she's not actually getting like the new or the true endings or whatever that like is the whole point of the new release or something. So you might want to not do what she does all the time. So, yeah. So when you get to the sixth floor, Loki is there. He requires you to get three specific demons one is just law, some fusion quests we'll just say neutral yeah, yeah one is chaos and so in turning in those three demons you unlock a new law neutral and chaos ending yeah. oh. however if you feel like you want the original ending and as someone who didn't play the original game the original endings are still completely legitimate for me mm -hmm. um i didn't care just that skip much that. yeah no that's fine we leave it at that and then people who want to do more can do more um, or it, YouTube yet, gonna, true endings or other yeah. endings. I guess true is not necessarily on, right here. <laughs> it's going to depend on how sick of I am of the game by the time I get to that point. Because, I mean, I played the original ages ago. And at one point, it had the highest hour count on my 3DS. That's how much time I put into it. Before, you know, Animal Crossing and uh, Pokemon got released for the 3DS and took over my life. So, um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. I, I haven't been doing a lot of the side quests in the dungeons, mainly because I've kind of found them to be annoying. That, you know, you get a side quest and you have to go track the person down. That was very poorly implemented. Well, and the problem is, is some of them are like, there is a quest that it's like, you get it in the second or the third dungeon, and it requires you to go back to the first dungeon, and then you have to go back to the guy that gives it to you. Mm 
And then he sends you back to the first dungeon, and then you have to go back to him. Well, that that second loop is annoying. And not only that, but the dude that's the quest giver is behind a whole bunch of one-way-only doors. Yeah. So it's really annoying to get to him. And then it's really annoying to have to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I might have to see if I can just look up in a guide who has very useful sub-apps. And just the problem see is, if- is that quest was worth it because it had a good sub-app. So it was oh, like... Lovely. Oh. And even worse is I was doing a quest and I had I had like the first... So it was a chain of quests and it was like mm-hmm. I had figured out the first three. That was fine. And then I got stuck on the fourth. Because the first three were just talk to demons, and that's kind of the point of the quest. And then I got to the fourth one, and I'm like, yo, man, give me my item. Because basically that was the thing that I had to do with all the other ones. And he was just like, no thanks, and just walked away. And I'm like, what? What? No, come back here. Give me my damn item. The trick was I had to ask for nothing to get the item. It's like Yeah, and I'm looking on GameFAQs right now and I can't really find a decent Okay, there's the side quest list. I'm reading about the the new endings they added and they sound cool. Anna, you should go get them and see what they are. (laughs) Alright. But, yeah, I mean I'm I'm just... that's another issue I have with the, the how the side quests are implemented. When I'm running around in the dungeon, I'm looking more at the map than the top screen. So I don't see that there's places that you can talk to people. Yeah, and the noise to talk to people is not well implemented. Well, see, that doesn't matter to me anyway, because I tend to play muted. Right. Like... If there's someone there with a quest, that that bubble needs to show up as soon as you walk over them, not when there's a quest pending. Ah, oh, okay. That's my but, opinion. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm still enjoying the game. Yeah, I mean, it's a great game and honestly all the things that I'm complaining about are super ridiculously minor. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, um then when you're so trained on modern Shimagame Tensei that you forget that it, this one does not have a press turn system. I don't know if you were experiencing that as well. Oh, no, that didn't bother me. Because uh, there's, a, there's a follow-up system. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I just, that's that's fine. That works just as well. Yeah, if you, if you're smart and actually have demons that match the alignment, unlike me, who just does a mishmash... No, I I always either had, I I tended to stick with teams that were all the same alignment. Ah. Uh, so even if they weren't the same alignment as my character, as long as they were all the same alignment of each other, and um, if you once you get later in the game, you'll actually get a sub app that lets you, um, one chain off of criticals. And two, there's a sub-op that lets the hero tap into co-op attacks, even if he's not the same alignment as the demons. Okay. 
but yeah, that's that's strange journey. Strange journey. And then I played a little bit more Hyrule Warriors. Um, that Did you was finish kind of this a... yet? No, I didn't get very far. Um, my air conditioner broke last Sunday, and right. Um, and you because... were doing the lava level, and it was just too hot. You couldn't handle it. Yeah. No, I get it. No, the the house was so hot that the only refuge was basically the basement Mm -hmm. and because switch game uh, kelly you can play it in the basement yeah i know i know that's where the game room is set up oh but um my husband was watching sonic boom because he he usually stays in his office but it was so hot that kelly i'm uh, sorry that's like torture no the, the sonic boom cartoon is really funny oh right i gotta remember who i'm talking to yeah, no, the, no. The, seriously, the what the Sonic is it really cartoon, okay? Uh, yes, it is. It is so. Is he funny. still obsessed with chili dogs? Yes, he's still obsessed with chili dogs. But that cartoon is so funny and so self-aware. Okay. Like there's you episodes about there's episodes about fan fiction. Um, Shadow shows up at some point and Robotnik makes a comment. He's he's the most popular character. And. <laughs> No, seriously, if you haven't watched Sonic Boom, watch Sonic Boom. I thought that it was going to be lame, too, but I have laughed so hard at that cartoon. And not only that, it's kind of like Animaniacs, where they get they manage to work in a lot of really dirty jokes that you're like, how did they get that past the censors? Is yeah. Michael still wearing way too much athletic tape? Yeah, he is, but he, he is easily the funniest character in the show. Okay. So, yeah, that's how we dealt with our lack of air conditioning was watching Sonic Boom and I was playing um, Hyrule Warriors while trying to remain cool and having every fan in the house on me. Um, I did play as Linkle a little bit and she is OP like crazy and I love that her levels, that her backup is Cuckoos. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, like all all of your soldiers and her levels. Well, I mean, I only played one level with her, but I assume that this kind of goes. Does she have her own story? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I think that her story is that she's following behind Link and trying to, you know, catch up to him, but she keeps going the wrong way and getting lost. Because, like, literally, one of, one of the things in her cutscenes is that she's trying to get to the castle, but then goes the complete opposite way, according to the sign. Mm. But she, she is also OP as hell, because she uses twin crossbows so that she can hit stuff from pretty far away, and her ultimate is amazing. And, like I said, I like that all of the soldiers, all of the allied soldiers on her maps is cuckoos. But um, I ended up putting down Hyrule Warriors temporarily. I might I might go back to it and kind of switch between uh, that and Strange Journey, depending on my mood. But I put that down to play Sonic Genesis. That, not Sonic Genesis. The Sega, Sega Genesis Classic. Yeah. The Sega Which, games that you probably already own three or four different ways. Yeah, but now I don't have to, you know... Switch cartridges, which yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Whoa, which is in- 
Some that was a weird noise. Okay, sorry. Which is <laughs> interesting, given that I was just complaining about the digital download future. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost like it's coming for you, Kelly. It knows. It knows. But okay, I mean, I've pretty much bought every Sega Genesis collection before, and it's safe to say that this one is probably the best one thus far, because the emulation is really good. Um, the emulation tools on it are pretty good using the fast forward and rewind and um, quick save and quick load is mapped to the right analog stick. Mm. So it's really easy to just, you know, push the analog stick down to like quick save before you uh, start a new thing. Well, that sounds good. Um, <clears throat> and not only that, some of the games, they have the Japanese versions on the disc. Um, one of the examples is Dynamite Heady. Because in that game, that uh, or they that game had a story in the Japanese version, and they took that out of the American version when they brought it over here. Mm -hmm. So that that blew my mind. I haven't gotten far enough in that one to see whether or not the story is translated. Probably not. But um, that one was also somewhat easier to play in Japan because you started out with two continues. And I think like um, Streets of Streets of Rage is like that too, where the Japanese version is included. Whoa! Someone is roboting. What is that noise? Oh, that's that's Pascal. No, that's Jonathan. No, yeah, Jonathan. There you go. Yeah. No. No. You broke. Which sucks because Jonathan is our other Genesis guy on oh, the podcast. Oh, that, okay. That makes <laughs> sense. Is it working now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's really weird. I unplugged my mic and plugged it back in. Mm. So, yeah, I've had this, uh, yeah, it's the bare knuckle uh, Streets of Rage games. Yes. But I think the colors are different on some of them. Yeah, they changed the color. I remember that they changed the colors too. And what's cool, I have this, I've had this on PC for a while. And uh, they updated the PC one to match some of the new features, like the v I think there's some VR stuff, uh, the online multiplayer, which is really cool. And uh, so they kind of updated, there's a decent size update for the, the ones on PC. So it kind of matches what came out on the uh, the consoles just now. It's a, it's a, I really like the little retro game room setup they do with the little Genesis games on the shelf and all that is pretty, it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. yeah and you, you can mark them as your favorites too so some of the ones I don't have to ever look at some of the ones I'm never going to touch like Bonanza Brothers <laughs> the only thing uh, I wish classic. this one had that like the PS2 one or either the PS2 or the 360 PS3 ones I had was the arcade versions I think that was on the 360 one yeah yeah, that's kind of a going omission because the um, the the PS3 one also had Fantasy Star on the disc, the original Fantasy yeah. Star too. Mm -hmm. And it had and a few the, Master System games, and it had the arcade versions of I think Shinobi and a few others. <clears throat> but so first thing I booted up when I got this was Gunstar Heroes because that's my one of my favorite Genesis games, and played through that in about an hour. You know, using the fast forward and rewind features. And then I do just dove right into Shining Force. And yeah, the rewind feature completely breaks that game in a good way. Um, 
because you know you oh, a lot of the characters basically miss attacks all the time so it's nice to just be able to rewind and the I think the outcome is determined just like before you even attack the person, but you know you can attack them from another another angle and see if that does that. You can attack some rewind and attack somebody else. You can rewind and try to heal um, that too. And the other nice thing about it is that that game is really slow, so being able to fast forward through some of the longer battles is a godsend in that game. Have you guys heard if there's any difference in the versions, like Switch versus PS4? Of this, I don't think they put the Sega Genesis collection out on the Switch. Yeah, it's not on it yet. Oh, it's not on the Switch? I thought it no. was. Only Xbox okay. One, PS4, and PC. Well, then never mind. Yeah, because that, if it That's a big difference. If, not existing is a very big difference. Because mm-hmm. if it would have been on the Switch, I would have bought it on the Switch. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, I mean. You know, Shining Force is the game that is the reason why I'm talking to you guys right now, because that was the game that got me into RPGs. And it's one of those ones that I like to revisit every once in a while, just to kind of remind me of why I like games. And playing through, I mean, playing through this again is just all the nostalgia for me. Yeah, that's similar to me, but it's Shining Force 2 that did it. Yeah, uh, I, I like both of them. Um, but I've, if I'm going to play, play them, I've always got to start it with Shining Force 1 because, you know, 2 is so much better in just the presentation and UI and stuff like that. And it's really hard to play them in reverse. Actually, that's, I played 2 before I played 1 back as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if, if I really wanted to be hardcore, I would try to play through the uh, Sega CD ones and the Game Gear ones in between that because the story does tie in but that would involve different systems, and it's like, eh, I don't want to mess with that. The one's pretty fun. Um, it ties more into the first one than the second one. And that, then the, the they did translate the uh, the prequel to the second one on the Game Gear. I haven't played that one. I, I played that one a long time ago, but that one's kind of a rough set because, you know, it's still Game Gear graphics and sound and... Stuff like that. Yep. It's a little rough. Yeah. But I I, I mean, as much as I'm enjoying, enjoying Shining Force 1, I kind of can't wait to get into Shining Force 2 because to me that's where the series really shined. <laughs> no pun intended. And th- that was the game that, you know, really made me love RPGs when I was a kid. And in Shining Force One right now, I'm also kind of kind of going crazy and trying to do um, level twenty promotions, which trying to get some of those characters up to level twenty before I promote them has been kind of a slog. Mm-hmm. Shining Force ends up becoming more of a stand around and get guys weak to level up your weaker characters. Yeah, I've been working on getting the healers um, up to level 21st since those are going to be the biggest pain in the ass. But really, the real question is, when are you going to play through Ristar? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I love Ristar. Um, the game gets really hard towards the middle, though. 
has a pretty huge difficult ends up with a pretty huge difficulty spike, but hopefully with save states I can kind of get past that. You know, Restar and Gunstar Heroes and the Sonic games kind of showed me as a kid that when people knew what they were doing on the Genesis as far as graphics go, that that system was just beautiful. Oh, oh, cool. They have challenges. Have you played with those at all? Like do the first Sonic level in reverse? And achievements, too. Yeah, I got the the Shining Force achievement is to just get to the first town, which I did. <laughs> that seems easy. <laughs> and Some then, of them seem really hard on that. Yeah, uh, the challenge for Shining Force is to get to the first town without anybody dying. Which I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that takes out the rewind feature. It probably does when you try to take on the challenge, but you know that's not just a start up and do again kind of challenge that that's about an hour into the game um watching the stream right now i forgot about that i forgot that land stalker was uh on this collection as well i need i need to finish that i've never played this is it any good it looks like an rpg it's, almost it's, it's a pretty decent game the platforming kind of sucks because of the <laughs> it looks bad <laughs> the, the biggest complaint is always the trying to get the the jumps down with that with that view. Yeah. The, your angles and your directions are hard to gauge for well, a while. And it's it's isometric and the wrong the wrong way is up. If that makes sense. It looks yeah. like I don't know. I'll be I'll be curious to see how that controls with the analog stick. I'm gonna guess poorly. Oh, you gotta you gotta <laughs> use the D pad. Oh. And uh Another game that's on there that's really good that not a lot of people played because it, it came out and late in the life was um, Light Crusader. That was a really good action RPG on that system, too. You, you know what it is? I had the Sega channel back in the day, and buying this collection, it was pretty much buying the entirety of the Sega channel all over again. Except the games it's missing, but yeah. 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 You know, I heard a rumor that the reason why a lot of these collections don't include Sonic and Knuckles is because of the whole Michael Jackson thing. I wonder if that's true. I don't remember what the Michael Jackson thing is. There was a rumor that Michael Jackson did the music for Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And (laughs) how could that be? And he was just uncredited, uh-huh. and the rumors that the estate is wanting royalties for that now. Hmm. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure how true that is. Don't quote me on I that. I feel That's like just... well, you you just said it yourself on an audio podcast, so I don't have to quote you. You said it. Um... I know. <laughs> It'll be on I... Wikipedia now. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I, I feel. I have a memory of Sonic and Knuckles coming out in the past decade in some way, shape, or form. So it seems unlikely to me that that would have come out if that was the issue. But maybe I'm wrong. It's just in my head. Hmm. I just wish that they would come out and say why that one never seems to get included. I have a bigger question for you, Kelly. Uh Fantasy Star 2 or Fantasy Star 3 or Fantasy Star 4? 
Oh, four. Yeah. Without I, okay. So Fantasy Star two or Fantasy Star three? Uh, two. Two. Okay. I mean, three is not a bad game. I don't think three is a bad game. It's just it's the one that's the least tied into the other ones, so therefore it's kind of easy to skip over that one. Mm-hmm. But three had a pretty interesting story just on its own. Um, the problem is that that game is very slow. Like you you were watching the thing, you saw the walking speed on that. The the walking speed on that is just terrible, and it makes the whole game feel like a slog. So. If I, if I was going to play through that again, then I would definitely be using the fast-forward button just to kind of speed things up. But th- 3 has a lot of interesting things going for it, like the branching story paths with who you marry. Um, I'm not sure how yeah. much it changes the ending or anything like that, but you know, it's still kind of fascinating that they had that in a game that early. Yeah, that, that was the cool <laughs> thing about that, so... And also, I don't know if I'm going to torture myself with Sword of Vermilion at all either. <laughs> I uh, I played through that whole game back in the day on the Sega channel just because I had nothing better to do. And that's definitely one of those early games that had a lot of ambition and tried a lot of new things, but didn't really excel at any of them. <laughs> you know, for first person view, action oriented combat, but. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can say, if, if you're a Sega Genesis fan, this is the collection to get. Hmm. You're watching the same I'm video just, that I... Yeah, I'm just watching this video. I'm like, hmm, do I want to get all this? I have it all on PC, so I guess I would just play it on PC. But do I really want to play these or not? I can't decide. Oh, well. And the the emulation is really pretty too. Yeah, it looks like it has a lot of good options too. Yeah, I was watching. It's mostly all really good emu- emulation. Uh, the only things that are wrong are some sound issues, but they're really minor, and most people won't notice them. I was watching a video on YouTube last night about some of the differences all the the Sega emulation packs with this one updating it. So pretty pretty informative. This is a pretty good one. I, I do notice that the flashing and shining force on my HD TV is a little headache inducing. Hmm. But I kind of had a headache last night anyway, so I don't That's know if right. that just. Some of the graphics will have like a little shimmering effect when you move. I think that uh, has to do with the, um, the scaling. Now, I was just talking about the flash. You, you've played Shining Force. You know that the uh, your move range flashes in that game. And. That on my huge TV was just like really bothering me last night, but I already had a headache to begin with. I think the answer is OSSCs for everybody. OSSCs. Yep. It's like the is... it's like the new hotness instead of a frame meister. Oh. It's technically a different thing, but you use it for a lot of similar purposes. Anyway. <laughs> Is it also unreasonably expensive? But not quite as unreasonably expensive. Not as bad, yeah. yeah. It's a little more... Um, it, it's a little more prototype looking, too. So they might uh, throw people off. Where the Frame Meister is 
kind of more like a little retail-looking package or, or device. OSSC kind of looks homemade. Ah. Uh. But they're both pretty cool. Yeah. I just still, I still have a CRT, so I don't haven't had to make the jump to the one of those yet. Maybe I'll just wait for analog to come out with uh, systems for. for all oh, the they might do that. Yeah, all they got to do is they've got the SNES thing out there. Just freaking put out the cores for the Genesis. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have that. Uh, they they may just make a Genesis one. I hear that was a rumor that that's the next thing they're going to do is a Genesis uh, analog NT thing, hmm. which would be pretty cool. I'll definitely get it. See, I'm I'm one of those weird retro gamers that doesn't mind playing classic games on an HDTV because the upscaling doesn't bother me as much. But then again, I also think that my uh, TV has a built-in downscaler too. So you need everything. I, yeah, you got to play everything on these old, expensive nine-inch Sony security monitors, Kelly. I don't think you understand how retro games work. That's what they well, all played on. Yep, that's that's what you have to use apparently. The good ones are the twenty, nineteen, and twenty inches. I don't, yeah, I don't one see I those. <laughs> I never get to see those. I'm, I'm just going to sell them nearby for like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying that kind of money for inferior hardware. It's not, <laughs> not only not only because I not, don't I mean, not only because I don't have the space for one of those monitors, but I just not a fan of CRTs. Space is the biggest issue for sure. Yeah. That's why the nine inch ones. <laughs> oh oh yeah, playing playing Shining Force on a postage stamp. That sounds fun. Yeah, I have a thirty cents inch Sony Vega. So it takes up a lot of space and it weighs about three hundred pounds, so it kills you to try to move it. But hooking up the retro consoles on it, it does have component and S video really nice so it's one of the nicer retail tv the tv units you can get it's really good for retro games the only thing better would be like a pvm or something but it is a beast to have and it kind of sucks in that way a lot of times but i'll keep it around until i can get like analog nts for all my consoles or something (laughs) my tv now it doesn't accept a 240p signal so it won't downscale to that. I can't even hook it up to there. Only PS2 and, and above. All right. So go go get your Sega Retro goodness going. If this hasn't made you excited for that, I don't know what will. <laughs> it is a really good collection. If yeah, you're into that bucks, sort of thing. Tons of hours for the for the money. All right, so Jonathan, what else have you been playing, or I guess what have you been playing? Some more State of Decay. So I really jumped into State of Decay two more this week. Put a lot of hours into it. Um, I've played single player and multiplayer, uh, so I have a few quibbles here. First, um, I don't like the games for uh, Windows ten. I found out. The setup, I wish I could have used Steam or some other GOG server. So I got the code. You can't just get on the uh, the Xbox app on the PC. You have to go to the Microsoft Store, put the code there. Then there's some integration with the Xbox app for Windows 10. Yada, yada. That was a pain to get going. Then I couldn't connect multiplayer for a while. 
I dug around and dug around and found out that I actually have to have the Windows Defender firewall on. On, not off. On, or it won't connect me. What? Yeah. What? Yep. But that thing is a piece of trash. No, I it's, know. it's actually fine now. It's fine now. It's, it's fine now. Like, com. The, the Windows firewall has been fine for a while, actually. <laughs> Before Windows 10, even. It's but. fine now.com. Yes, I know. So, that that was irritating that I, the game actually had to care that I had to have my firewall on. So, beyond that, I started playing the multiplayer. It's a little rough. Um, I was having some latency syncing issues where. I would be doing something and zombie would kind of just appear sometimes. And so there's some connection-y issues that it seemed. And then the multiplayer is not as integrated as I would hope it would be. So you join a friend's game, you're basically just helping him out. And you don't, I wish you could have your own little communities or join his community and be like your own player. And you all kind of, you're all on as equal footing to where anything you get, it's for his community you can't do certain things because the community leader can only do those actions. So, And you're also tethered to them. So if you go too far away from them, it says, okay, you're going to get warped back to your, the, the, the host. So it's it's more of a you're jumping in his game just kind of helping him out. So if you all want to do an experience together, one guy's getting a much more thorough uh, game experience than you are. So it's cool that you get to do it, but it's not like I was hoping it would be or it doesn't really tap this full potential of a, you know, some of those online survival type games where you all play and you all kind of have your own build up and you're all on equal footing. So that was a disappointment. However, the single player experience is still a lot of fun. And I enjoyed the first one and this is just more of that and a lot more cleaned up. The first one was had a lot of bugs, and it was known for having a lot of bugs. It was kind of a janky game that was fun. So this is uh, it's still got some of that jankiness to it. It's still got some weird things that happened, but overall, it's so much more polished than the first one, and it expands upon uh, what you could do, uh, some of the different weapons you have, some of the different things, uh, house or community improvements you can do. There's more maps, that kind of stuff. So. It's if you like the first one, the second one's that and more and a better polish. So, so far, so good. Uh, it's one of those games where I'll play and it just kind of sucks you in. And I look down, it's like, holy crap, I've been playing this for three hours kind of thing, four hours, and it's already late. And so, it, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, I've also still been playing my Street Coding 2. Stated the K2 kind of uh, stole some of that time. I probably put three, four hours in this week. Mm-hmm. I just unlocked my um, my base, my headquarters for that game. So I'm about a fourth of the way in. Um, Retronauts did a Sweet Coden episode recently, and between you and that episode, I've really got the itch to want to play through that again. <laughs> it's fun. It, I'm, I'm having a good time. Because like I said the last time, I forgot a lot of this stuff. So every now and then I'll be, oh yeah, I remember that. But then there are a lot of this, I have no recollection of this happening. So it's almost like I'm playing a half new game. Something if you can call it that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you listen to Retronauts at all, but that episode that they did about that was really fascinating to listen to. 
I've listened to a few of their their podcasts. I haven't listened to the Sweet Code one though. Yeah, it, it, it's it's worth it to listen to that one. I learned a lot about the uh, stuff about the game that I did not know until hmm. then. I, I immediately thought of you when that popped up on my feed. Yep. Yeah, I'll have to check it out then. That's that's for sure. So enjoying that. Um, I don't really can't. Say, I don't want to say too much for if Chris will be able to finish the first and get the second. Okay. Spoiled, yeah. But... <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about this. Let's t- okay. First of all, yes, they did just do 108 minutes of conversation about RPG classics. We couldn't, um, which is appropriate, right? And which is weird because I'm seeing that they had previous episodes on Suikoden, so they're really just eating their own tail at this point, right? Um, well, the, the, to be fair, that episode was like 10 years ago or something like that. It looked like 2014, but whatever. Oh, really? Does it matter, I just... though? I don't know. I'm, I, I found that one on YouTube, so maybe it was 10 years ago and somebody posted a lot later. So I, I don't know. I don't understand Retronauts, so I'm not going to try and pretend. Um, what is fun about this game for you, Jonathan? Because <laughs> right now, maybe it's I'm just too early. Because right now it's um. So okay, I too early, I guess. Um, I'm just getting back from my mission to. Uh, what the hell's the name of it? I haven't lost Ted yet. Let me put it that way. Oh, so you're not far at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I guess that that's part of the issue. But so far, this game has been a lot of, hey, uh, I'm sorry. As I'm thinking about everything I'm about to say, I, I feel like everything I'm about to say is really stupid. So I'm trying to rethink what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I'm failing. Um because I'm about to complain that oh the story is uh, is uh, is very light and and everyone's happy and there's not a lot of depth and I'm like Chris it's a Genesis JRPG what the hell no, are you expecting PS1. oh it's a PS1 JRPG what the hell are you expecting the very early PS1 RPG. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to think this through properly before I criticize it and I, I, I guess I'm just not ready yet. I think I haven't let it bake enough, but the problem is I don't... Okay, so let's forget my criticism parts. Um, oh! Here, here's my brain short circuits on Suikoden because I think about, oh, I should play it some more, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm just going to fall asleep. And and right now Are that... Are playing it laying down then? Yeah, apparently. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Is that a mistake? <laughs> it could be. There's times I got sleepy just going through battles and going through some of the dungeons. And um, to me, I like the combat because it's six characters and it's fairly quick combat compared to some turn-based RPGs where battles take a long time. So you can resolve these fairly quickly, but they're... You can also uh, bribe them and make everyone go away, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. Things I like so far about Suikoden, there is a mini-game in one of the early villages that you can abuse the hell out of. Yep. And I've got all this money now, which I think is great. Um, because I took your advice and I and I got a guide and it's like, hey, check this out. You can do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm totally doing that because I like to break games. Um, I've got nothing to spend that money on. Um, you will. Yeah, and it sounds like You'll I shouldn't spend really all my money. And that's the other thing that scared me. Is like I feel like I have tons and tons of money. And if I try and buy equipment for everybody, that money's not going to last long at all. 
right? But okay, so ignoring that for the moment. But okay, not ignoring that. I do like that. Um, what is it about? Like so far, the story hasn't grabbed me at all. Um, everything's very trope, um, very shallow, very. Like, well, it is going to be tropey. It's old. Yeah, but like it's poorly written tropey. Like, if you had like a commander of an army who acted like this, the, you wouldn't act the way these characters are acting. And it's like this is way too broadcasted ahead of time. Like, it's very clear to see there's something wrong with this empire that I'm working for, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. I don't know the story here, but I, I got it's not that hard to figure. And what I'm doing so far hasn't been interesting. So between the two of those things, so the story's not grabbing me, the music's okay so far, not not great. Um the <laughs> how dare I do you? like the music. Huh? Yeah. I do like the music for the most part. Okay. Um, um well it, it has a it has a handicap and I'll get to that in a second because it's going up against another game and it's an unfair comparison probably because yeah. Um the and then the the combat system so far has been very like, yeah, just hit attack for most things and then occasionally hit unite or, or whatever. And it's like, well, all right, I'm not having to do much strategy or thinking or anything. The combat system itself is just your basic attack of magic and your unites. What's yeah. cool, what makes it fun is all the character, um, the different character uh, combinations you can do. Sure. So when do I get to actually play with those or experiment or put in Soon. different characters and try to get further along? Okay. There would be certain points where I, you can apparently I get my own castle at some point or something. So yeah. like I'm mm-hmm. totally not far enough along, right? So no, you're not. You're probably like two or three hours in or something. Barely. Uh, yeah, two hours and some of that's idle time. So, yeah. 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 No, you just gotta. You, you just it's. I mean, it's old. So I did read through. Yeah, and I read through uh, Jason Trier's article over in Kotaku that came out um, around 2014 when this when they finally released these uh, Suikoden Two onto PSN, and it was like he's and he 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 had the same opinion like you should play both games and they're really great you need to stick with the first one the second one's really awesome and here's yes. some tips on how to make sure you don't screw up your first playthrough now he doesn't think you need a guide you just need to know a few things about the points you of no return um, you guys seem to think you need a guide. Uh, you need a guide. Well, you d- you need to know some things for sure because you can miss characters if you do them wrong. But the rest of it, he feels confident that you could figure it out by paying attention and talking to people in the game. Probably could. You need if you. To me, the first one was fun when it was there. It's aged not as well in some regards now, but it's mm-hmm. so short and quick that if you can, I'd just use a guide, get the experience of the game, the appreciation of the characters and the yeah. big ones, mm-hmm. but use the guide to kind of help you go through it faster. Okay. Because it, yeah. And I've only played two hours and so far short and quick has not been the feeling. Long and boring has been the feeling. So I really need it's to only, yeah, talk through that. Hours long. Yeah. So it's twenty if you do a whole bunch of grinding extra stuff, but the grinding's not even that much in that game. I want you all to know that I got I got all set up for this. So I downloaded Suikoden one and two onto my Vita, onto uh-huh. my PS3, and onto my PSP Go. So I'm like Ooh. all ready. Like I had options. Like how am I going to do this? What's the right way to do this? And then I learned that the PlayStation Store doesn't work on the PSP anymore. <laughs> that made that a little bit harder. <laughs> um, the download list works, but not the store. Uh, 
It's so I had to go download PSDLE in my Google Chrome, figure out when I bought Suikoden onto my account, um, which basically was the day it was released. So I could have done that another way and go down the download list and hold right until I was a thousand items into the download list. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Good job, Sony. Why, why did you download it to your PSP? Um, um, because I couldn't, what was the reason? I was having issues on the Vita. Okay. And I wanted to see what would be looking nicer and stuff. I don't know. I think it looks great at the Vita. Yeah, um, the reason why I like playing on the Vita is being able to map stuff to the touchscreen. Oh, right, right, right. There was another game involved. I'm sorry, and I haven't told you this. So, um, while I was going through what I was going to play... Um, while everyone's t- pressuring me to play Suikoden, Anna was sitting next to me playing Shin Megami for um, Special Redux. Why did Atlas just follow me on Twitter? I didn't do anything. That's really weird. Atlas literally just... Fo- they must be following all their followers or something. Okay. Anyway. Um, Anna's sitting next to me playing SMT, and she's having a good old time. And I'm like, man, I want to play a game that has uh, SMT demons in it. What can I play that's portable and I can play while I'm in bed here next to her? And like, I couldn't think of what I should do. And then, and then it came to me like, wait, I've got this Vita because she's not touching it. She's playing her 3DS and we have the Persona PSP games. So I'm like, oh, I could play that. And then I was thinking, wait, uh, we were watching RPG Limit Break just the week before and they had played through some SMT games, mostly uh, Digital Devil Saga and Nocturne. And I'm like, oh, Nocturne, that's the one Manny always loved. And everyone always says good things about Nocturne. So maybe I should play that. But that I can't play portably. I would just have to play on my PS3. Um, so what what should I do? So I put out this tweet that was supposedly really vague, but everyone knew exactly what I meant by it. Um, Suikoden 1, Persona 1, and uh, SMT Nocturne. And I think I got 10 replies, and it was like, Eight people said play uh, Suikoden 1, two people said play SMT Nocturne, and one person said play anything except Persona 1. <laughs> so he played Persona 1. So I played Persona 1. <laughs> no, um, I the first thing I did was play Suikoden, right? And then I was starting to have the, the issues I experienced. And then I'm like, you know what? I, this is the modern age. People can play multiple games at once. I can bounce back and forth. I'm an adult. I can have fun playing all these games. I don't have to finish them. This is about having fun and expanding my gaming vocabulary, which is like so hard for me to do, even though that's like a very rational human thing to do. I can't do that as a gamer. I have to finish things. And as you know, I don't finish things. So I just basically go around feeling very unfulfilled and dissatisfied about my gaming life. It's a problem and I need to speak to a therapist. And Um, the problem is you know compulsiveness no the problem is you're married to me yeah and that just compounds the issue you're right because you're so awesome and i just can't handle being in the light of your brilliance you know (sighs) that wasn't what i meant Yeah, but it's kind of true um (laughs) it's more the fact that i finish games yes and to be fair, Chris, I actually cannot stand Nocturne. I thought Nocturne was a step back for SMT. I'm leaving you for Kelly. Okay. We knew that was going to happen. Eventually. <laughs> so just just well, hey, get ready to Pride watch Month. a lot of Sonic Boom, Anna. Yes, it is Pride Month, so later. But 
Yeah, yeah, I'm glad somebody else shares my opinion, Nocturne. That is the most overrated SMT game. So, and that... well, uh, okay. Thank you! Okay, well, hold on. Anna thinks that about Nocturne. Remember, I got two replies saying, play Nocturne. And I got one reply saying, don't play Persona. And so I played Suikoden. And then I'm like, okay, so let's try out this Persona thing. I want to see what it's like. I'm mostly, I'm like, it, as soon as the Persona thing entered my head, it was a foregone conclusion because, like, I really kind of want to know what Persona used to be like before it was Persona three and higher, because that you know it was a different formula back in the day. And I blew oh, yeah. up this Persona PSP remake, and I didn't know this was coming. But the dude what made the music for Persona three, four, and five went and redid the soundtrack for Persona one. Yeah. So he did like a sixty-seven. So. One downside, it has like a third less songs than the original soundtrack had, but it sounds like Persona, the modern Persona music, which if you don't like, that would be bad, but I really like, so it was really good for me. And so it's like all this this newer music, and it's like, oh my gosh, another Persona soundtrack, I better go import this. But in addition to that, like, cool, that will make playing this game, even if it's really old, be really cool. And because I love Persona music, it gets me so jazzed. And... um. I will say that even the awesome battle theme does start to get old after a while <laughs> when you hear it as much as you hear in this game. Um, but, uh, yeah. What, what did you think go? of the, yeah. what did you think of the pharmacy song? It's weird, isn't it? I love the pharmacy it's song. It's pretty cool, and... but it's different. <laughs> They, um, I think they changed it. I can't remember. I remember the original PS1 Pharmacy song. I don't remember how they changed it for this one. It has the same lyrics, but oh, I does it okay. I'm blanking on if it was slowed down, it was like more kind of slow. I only heard versus... it a couple times. I didn't realize I was missing stores by not going into the malls for a long time. So, anyway, the Persona 1 is an interesting thing um it's got you know your high school anime story going on so that's good mm -hmm. right right off the bat you're all in a room doing like a, a high school myth trying to summon a ghost more or less um and and you go from there and then everyone gets persona powers as opposed to later persona games where only the main character has the full persona powers here all your teammates have it um, but you are typically following the story of one character but so people come and, and go into your party a lot. Okay, fine. Anyway, story seems good. Writing seems good. Um, I, I assume this is a new translation that when you know that was done after Persona Three was already out because then they did this PSP release, which was new. So all right, good, fine. Writing's fine. Translation's fine. Um, a lot of first-person dungeon crawling, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that's how Persona worked then, and. The battling, there's a lot of random battles in this game, and they take a while. And it's mm -hmm. not it's not the sort of combat system where you just hold A and it just kind of does everything for you. Um, you have to interact with the menu at least a little bit, even to go down to auto and say just hit everything with a weapon, which is kind of annoying. Um, and battles just take a while to, to proceed out. And then you learn something as you're playing, because they don't teach you anything in this game. Um, you just kind of have to learn it, or I, maybe there was a manual that came with the thing originally, but I didn't check. And you have to negotiate with demons. This is traditional SMT style. You have to negotiate with demons. And you have to negotiate with demons in the sort of like random frustrating way, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it so 
every battle now is like, oh, I need to talk. To have, do I have their card? Okay, good. I can just make them leave by saying contact. Like, oh, you've got my card. I'm going to leave. And this other guy's got my card. Okay, so let's begin negotiations. Some meter shows up in the upper left corner of the screen. It says angry, happy, scared, and um, <sighs> enthusiastic. No, it's, it's something like that. Uh, eager. Eager is the last one. So you are now playing a mini game where every character in your party has a different list of conversation options and you need to choose the right ones to raise their meter in the right ways to make them want to um, give you their card which is how you confuse personas so you need these cards the only way to get these cards is to negotiate the cards go away after you use them in a fusion so you will be negotiating a lot and you mm. get these little hints apparently it tells you on each monster what their attitude is. Are they joyful and timid? Are they fearful and scary or whatever? And they have these little things. And you have to translate that into how you need to talk to them. Because one character will be able to have the options of singing and dancing and taunting. Another character is like joking. Another character is like bribing. And and they uh, everyone has four different things. And you have to put all this together to get the meter to go up in the right way that they give you their card. Holy crap, that takes forever. <laughs> They improved it in the sequels quite a bit. I like. I have no idea what I'm doing. I lately, I think I'm just trying to make everyone eager. I'm not sure that that's true, but that's been working. Like, I really need to re read a guide on negotiation. And Anna's like, "Don't bother. It's all random anyway." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> I mean, you really, it's a lot of the negotiation in the early games is just trial and error, unfortunately. And you have to yeah, do that's it what... so much. That's what turned me off of Persona 1 was the, the all of the demon negotiation he had to do. And at a certain point, I kind of quit doing it. And mm -hmm. then I got to the end of the game and didn't have good enough demons to beat the final boss. So <laughs> never finished that one. But yeah, I remember that the demon negotiation would be, and it's always felt random. Like it'd be like, you'd have to do dance, dance, joke, threaten to get a, you know, it was just, yeah. it never made any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, sometimes you can reuse the same thing over and over because you see it's raising the right stats. Sometimes if you reuse it, it doesn't work and it, it hurts you more than it helps. It's just, yeah. So I don't know at all what to do with that game. So, cause I love the music. I love being in the environment in that game. I'm liking the story. Um, I don't have any clue if I can, put up with that negotiation system for going through the game which makes me sad what, because what you, what, go ahead what difficulty are I you put it on, on easy and oh, that okay. seemed to be a good idea yeah i think really all that messes with is your exp and gold see the only thing i found says that it makes the enemies do 20 percent less damage to you but yeah, I guess i'm noticing that i'm healing between battles somehow and like i'm never running out of sp and part of that's probably because I don't have very high-level personas yet, but um, maybe that's part of the easy, too. I, I don't have good documentation on this. Like, this this game doesn't seem to have good um, fan support behind it. I don't know why, but... It's because for the longest time, all we had to go on was the uh, PS1 version, which nobody played back in the day, because to be quite honest, the PS1 one was hot garbage. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they took out an entire storyline in the right. game. Uh, yeah. The translation was 
butchered. They changed. If you want some fun, look up what the char- the characters looked like in the PS1 version and what they changed them to. Um, they look weird in this one, but if you're saying they were worse, then all right. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta show you this. <laughs> but yeah, um, P- PS1 version was garbage. Okay. And yet I have a copy of that because it's worth quite a bit of money. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Oh, wow. They changed someone's race entirely? Yeah. Or was the, did yeah. they change it in the U.S. version and change they, it back they, to the original? That was only in the U.S. version that they changed that. Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Weird. There's a really good Did You Know Gaming for Persona, the earlier Persona games. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I, I could almost tell you that if you wanted to play a better pre-modern Persona to maybe uh, try Innocent Sin. Okay, so that's the thing. The next thing you do is the PS... So, if... Okay. So, Persona 2 is broken up into two games. And we only have the PSP remake for one of them. Because it was only <laughs> localized a PSP remake for one of them. Right. Japan the got... one came out got a ps1 classic remake or ps1 classic re-release yeah so it, the first part of persona 2 is a playstation 1 game and the second part of persona 2 we have on psp because we never got it originally on ps1 so you can play through them all but it's going to be a weird experience so you, you can play through a psp version for ps for, for persona 1 then a psx game uh and then a psp game <laughs> and then then you're caught up, I guess, and um, yeah. So when I started this, I was very excited about this prospect. Like, I'm going to do some dungeon crawling and some demon negotiations, and Anna can help me. And now that I'm seeing how this is going, it's like, I don't know that I can finish this, because that's really slow and man. So, so. so you have no desire to see Sunglass Hitler? I- I'm sorry, what's that? Um... For, and- Persona 2, one of the bad guys is Hitler. Oh, good. Yeah. In sunglasses. In sunglasses. All right. That'll totally hide who he is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, they call him the Fuhrer, but I mean, what other German Is that a localization change? Yeah. Like, we can't can't handle the concept of Hitler being in a video game? We have to censor that? What the heck? (sighs) All right. Well, anyway, that's Persona 1. So that was distracting me because all in all, you've heard my weird complaints about it. Um, That's the one I'm going back to I'm finding right now rather than Suikoden um, because I do like the battle system and I'd rather grind in Persona than than do whatever it is that I'm doing aimlessly in Suikoden. Um, But I, I, I hear you loud and clear, Jonathan, that I need to just push through it, get to my castle and stuff. Um, And then... Admittedly... Had I played Suikoden now, I probably wouldn't like it as much. I still think it's decent. It's a generic JRPG. It was the first try at it. But it's got its charm in some places, and the whole 108 characters thing is pretty cool. And the little castle thing is pretty unique and cool. But overall, it's very mediocre in other ways. Suikoden 2, on the other hand, is one of the top-notch classic JRPGs. 
So, but given that Suicoden, your enjoyment of Suicoden 2 is enhanced a pretty good deal by having played the first. So that's mm-hmm. why you should probably, that's, that's the rub. Yeah, I hear that. Um, what's interesting, all right, so what happened next for me was Anna finally put the PS, uh, put the Switch down because she had finished playing something. Fire Emblem Warriors. Fire Emblem Warriors. And so it sat for a while. But one night I'm sitting there like, I don't want to play Suikoden. I don't want to play Persona 1. Um, this Switch is just sitting here. What's on this again? So I put it in the dock and I'm browsing through the menus. And oh, right, right. I know why I turned it on because this Pokemon game we're going to talk about later came out. And I was like, well, let's get that downloading. So I ignored that and I went and did. Um, I go through the menu while it's downloading. I'm like, what have I got on here? Battle Chef Brigade. And I said, oh, I never finished Battle Chef Brigade. So, guys, I totally finished Battle Chef Brigade. It's still amazing, and it's awesome, and I love it, and you should all play it. And that's all I have to say about Battle Chef Brigade. If you don't know what it is, it is a match three game combined with hunting combat combined with um, Iron Chef. And... If that sounds amazing to you, you're gonna love it. You should you should get it. The music's really good. The art's cool. the The voice acting's great. The story's cool. Um, and it was a fun experience the whole thing through. One of the f- best things I've played on my Switch. So I really like Battle Chef Brigade, and it's not. I was kind of interested in it, like I don't know what months ago when it was brought. brought yeah, it's up an, the first time. Yeah, it's an old Kickstarter game, but it just came out finally on. Uh, it just finally came out last fall. Um, so yeah, I just I just saw a video on it yesterday, um, and it the, it kind of put me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was interested in in hearing you guys discuss it. Well, we don't, um, th- you know, we've learned today that you don't like good games. So, <laughs> I mean, it, what that should be um, that I I get discouraged about good games by I don't know watching them or listening to people talk about. I like them when I play them. <laughs> But I'm I'm very easily swayed against a good game. Apparently, based on incorrect inform, based on what surface level information. Hmm. Well, I liked it. I don't know what put you off in the video, so I can't really speak to it. So, <laughs> it was um, I guess I didn't realize that it's uh, the in the video she. It's a she, right? The main character. I don't know if it yeah, changes. Yeah, Mina Han. Yep. Um, she runs out of the the kitchen and then gets into just um, like kind of like action RPG battling to get the um, the ingredients. Um, and I thought it was more. I don't know what I thought about it, but I I just wasn't I wasn't aware of that, and that, uh, it just looked a little a little off. Or um, I, I'm kind of having a moment. Um, it might be because it reminded me of a different game I played recently that was all about um, killing uh, uh, mon- killing beasts and to farm uh, items and resources, which um, which I really hated. So maybe it just reminded me too much of that. Which game? Uh, so I hadn't talked about it yet because I, I figured it was going to um, come up because we have the review for it, Smoke and Sacrifice. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so maybe it was just too fresh in my mind and, and that's what soured me on it. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't, can't speak to that one either. I haven't played it, but okay. Who's next on our list? Um, 
Anna, do you want to talk about what you played? Yeah. Okay. Go so for it. I finished uh, Strange Journey. It was very strange. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so I kind of am at a weird crossroads in terms of gaming because um, Lost Child comes out on. That still sounds like an album or a song <laughs> or a, a band or something. Um, June 19th. And so it comes out Vita Switch. I haven't decided which way I'm going to play it. It's probably going to depend on what you're playing at the time, mm-hmm. which means it's probably going to be Switch at this point. Um, so it's like, and we leave for E3 in a week. So I kind of have this like weird nebulous two week period where I'm going to have about a week that I can game and then a couple days that I can maybe game and then a couple days, then like a week that I'm not going to be gaming and then a new game comes out. So I got to figure out what I can sort of fit into that time. So I played the Project Octopath demo just to confirm that, yes, I definitely do want that game. Yes, I definitely do want that game. Um, And then I played the Lost Fear demo. And I am interested in that game. Uh, The demo definitely piqued my interest. I liked the gameplay style. I liked the characters. I thought the combat was interesting. Um, The story intrigued me. So I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for it to go on sale. Um, because it's already been on sale once, which means it's gonna go on sale again soon. Um, and then pick that up. Um, and then a new game came out this week because it was a whole bunch of Pokemon announcements. So, who else played Pokemon Quest? I downloaded it and tried it. It got so I got through a couple levels and said this is a boring free to play game. It isn't even fun to play like most free-to-play games. It's not hooking me whatsoever. Like, I'm sitting here watching my Pokemon run around a map and kill things and use skills on its own. It's like, Yeah, so the concept is it's out on Switch and coming to mobile. And it's a voxel-style game, so everything's little squares like Minecraft. Um, And so, yeah, so you have a team of three Pokemon, and it's the original 151 Pokemon um and yeah you basically watch them run around a zone um and all of the zones are themed in some fashion so you know when you're going in that you'll see grass type pokemon or poison type pokemon or earth uh ground type pokemon um so you can customize your team based on that although at the start you really don't have that many pokemon um, so you go in, you can control when your Pokemon do um, special attacks, but other than that, they they do normal attacks on their own. Um, it's very hands-offy. Um, I can't decide if I like it or not. Um, the biggest problem that it has right now is it is incredibly grindy. So basically, you can get go through the first world without grinding, and then you get out of the first world and realize that you are not ready for any other world. So, like, you get out of the first world and it's like, world 2-1 is a thousand power and you might have 800. So, if you try to take it on, you're probably going to die. No, sorry, Pokemon game. You're going to get KO'd. You're going to get KO'd. So, it's super, super grindy and you can't even pay your way out of grinding. Which is weird, because it's a free-to-play game. You would think that that would be, like, the immediate mechanic that you would go towards. But, nope. So, and there is stuff to buy. You can pay, like, what is it, $30, Chris? And just kind of buy all the things. Yeah, buy all the things for 30 bucks. yeah. Yep. 
So there is that. And then you never have to spend money again. You can. Do we cover it because it says quest in the title? Well, we probably cover it because it's Pokemon title. We cover Pokemon. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's not really the quest as much as the Pokemon. Um, so it is free to play, or at least free to start. It has shinies in it, apparently. Yep. So, I mean, you can download it on your Switch and give it a try. It'll be on your phone eventually. It'll be on the phone soon. Um, it's energy-based, which is my biggest complaint, particularly since there's no way to pay buy money, your way you get out more, of the energy mechanic. You get more max energy. You can get more max energy, but you unlike... Some of the other Pokemon games that I've played, you can't buy your way completely out of the energy mechanic, which I think is dumb. Yeah. That is my biggest complaint. I want a way to buy myself out of the cooldown mechanic because that is just lame. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Eh. Also, the interface is terrible if you're trying to play on a controller. Because, like, you have to line up this hand icon to these very small points on the screen and click. Because, like, they basically put in a mouse emulator for a touchscreen game for the console version here. So, um, if you're going to play this on your Switch, uh, do it in handheld mode. Because then you can just tap on the screen and it'll be a lot easier. I don't know if you noticed that at all, and it probably not, because you just had the screen in front of you, right? I have been using the controllers in the handheld mode. And you have no trouble lining the thing up on the little tiny Pokemon to get not, click on them? Not really, no. I did. Um, you should play Call say, of Duty. You could get lots of headshots. I will I say I am frustrated that there are some menus and some mechanics that require you to use the touch controls. Yeah. It's it's a very blatant mobile port. Um, yeah. But hey, is it's, it, it's is there. Is it set up so that it's going to tie into the mobile so you could go back and forth between the two? No, I don't think so. No, there's no login or anything. Oh. So I don't know how you would transfer. I would not expect to be able to do that. But hey, maybe they'll surprise us and your Nintendo account will sync. That would be great, right? <laughs> that would be a benefit. Yeah, that okay. Nintendo and, account. And while we're wishing, I would like a pony. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, this doesn't look like uh, this doesn't look like something you should spend time on. But Anna's enjoying it, so I'm guess... not sure if I'm enjoying. Oh, you're it. not sure? Okay. I played it to talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Well, thank you for your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it, it didn't look very interesting to me at all. I was not wild about that voxel art style. It, it's cute. Hey, voxel Magikarp is something else. <laughs> the voxel Magikarp is. <laughs> does it do square splash? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does indeed splash. But, yeah, I this is... I won't be playing this. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so, if I was going to play a mobile game like this, I would... Even with, like, the ability to buy all the expeditions and kind of, like, buy pseudo buying yourself out of most of the free free to play limitations i would still rather put time into record keeper than this so yeah and record keeper came out with the story mode recently yeah i heard yeah it's actually kind of interesting that they lovingly crafted like final fantasy 7 and sprites for this 
that's true. Yeah, so the Record Keeper added a mode where you play through the game's stories, but it's they're using their sprite models to tell the stories. So mm-hmm. um, that's neat. I, I haven't tried it myself. I just heard about it. Um, it. It's kind of fascinating. The sucky thing, though, is that, you know, I've put an ungodly amount of hours into this game, and they start you out with Tiro at level one. Okay. And all of the yep. care and all of the other characters are like guest characters, and they have locked levels. Ah, so okay. pretty much any progress that you've already made in this game, you kind of have to start at square one. And I don't know if I'm going to like that, especially when it gets more challenging. Because I mean, I've been playing this. We've been playing this game for like what three years now, uh, at least. Yeah. So yeah, but hey. Uh, I'll happily accept that 100 free mithril. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. If you have the game and uh, you care about mithril and Final Fantasy Record Keeper and you just like to log in and get mithril and then go back and play later in the year when it finally fancies your interest again, um, right now they're giving away 100 mithril free just for logging in. So go get that and then squirrel it away for later. Okay. And they're having a lot of... Uh drop rate bonus stuff because of it too which I, I i tend to sit i tend to hoard all of my mithril until there are like half price ones yep me too all right anna so you t- did you talk about lost sphere demo I yes. don't okay did you like it yes okay i missed that entirely yes you'll have to catch me up later okay uh, that leaves Josh. Josh. I think that's mostly what she said. Yeah. I played it. I liked it. Oh, okay. That works. Josh. Yeah. Josh. Are yeah. you still playing with Little Witch Academia? Oh, man. I would like you to know <laughs> that Anna and I... We started watching the anime. We started watching the show. We like it. <laughs> so well, I'm you. glad you like the show, at least. Because the game is the game, not, not so. so good, huh? No, no. Like, I, I think I said last time I thought I was getting close to the end, and uh, I'm still close to the end. A- admittedly, I didn't have a ton of time to play play console this week, but I finished off the last, what, well, at least what I thought was the last dungeon. It, it kind of has, like, seven keys that you have to find and kind of do these story dungeons. So I thought I was, you know, like, okay, I'm done, or maybe there's one more dungeon. So you do that, and then the main antagonist steals Akko's uh, chariot cards. And, yeah. No! <laughs> that's terrible. How dare they? <laughs> See, we've watched the game now. We know that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you watch the anime, you catch all this stuff. So, so I'm like, okay, one last fetch quest. And... This game has a tendency to kind of vacillate between making quests way too easy and then every once in a while, like, not giving you enough information to know what you're supposed to do. So um, it when I triggered this quest, it popped up event markers all over the map, all the different rooms I needed to go to. And so I started going to all the different rooms, collecting the cards. And then when I get when I do go through all the markers, I've only found half the cards. And I'm like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? So I start just going back to those rooms. Like, did I miss something? You know, did I? were there more in those rooms? You know, and I start wandering around the school just looking randomly. 
and I started playing with the time. You know, the game has the time mechanic, so I started trying to change the time of day to see if that changed anything, because that's something that will happen. Sometimes a, a thing will only appear at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So I, I'm getting, I've spent a bunch, wasted a bunch of time getting kind of frustrated, and I start looking online how on earth I'm supposed to do this. And there's these big long form threads on Steam of where people are using that, like, oh, is this game broken? You know, and then you get down to the bottom, and they're like, no, no, the game's not broken. It's not bugged. It's just you have to go back into those seven story dungeons and do them over again to get a card at the end of each one. Woo. Yeah, those those mediocre story dungeons that weren't that, you know, and the, the worst part of the game is the combat. So we're going to make you do that all over again. So playing and this game be- on easy is what I'm hearing? I don't think there is a difficulty setting. I'm sure there is. I'm looking at it on, this, on the stream right now. Under, go to options, game settings, easy, normal, hard. Well, there you go. Maybe so I need to do maybe that. Maybe you need to do that. <laughs> Shows what I know. <laughs> This whole time you've had it on hard, that'll make me laugh so much. That, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I've been slowly working. I don't. I, see, it doesn't excuse is... like poor, poor design with making your repeat dungeons. No, yeah, exactly. no, it doesn't. But it would just be nice to know that he's been torturing himself extra special. The problem is, is that the game isn't. It, it isn't even that the game's hard. The problem, like with especially with these bosses, is that a handful of them are just really badly designed. I've kind of been saving the one I've loathed the most during the main playthrough for the end here, because it was this dragon uh, that you had to fight. And he, I, I need to do some research online to see if there's a faster way to do it. He has these, you know, he has like three or four different attacks that he does, and there's only one of them where you can actually attack him and do any damage to him, and it seems like sometimes you go like three or four minutes of between when he'll actually come over, do one of these attacks where you can get close enough and attack him and do some damage. And otherwise he'll just stay off in the distance and shoot ice balls at you. And it's not like there, there's no danger. They don't do very much damage and you can pretty easily avoid them. So it just becomes boring. I think the first time I fought him, it took almost an hour to beat him and it wasn't hard. It was just really annoying and frustrating. So, yeah, I don't think the difficulty setting really would have made any difference. There hadn't been any times when I've been stuck because of difficulty in this game. It's just been slow, poorly designed. The combat isn't that much fun. And it's a shame because they've squandered what otherwise looks like a good, you know, the game looks good. It has really good voice acting. It's a really good, it's a really good um, visualization of the anime. Like, they put a lot of money into the way the game looks and yeah. sounds and I mean, feels. That, that they... really is apparent. I've been watching this stream here. I've been watching a video while you talk about the whole thing. It's like, that looks spot on like the anime. Yeah, yeah, I know. that. See, that's the... And that's why I kind of, like, when I started playing the game, like, it's pretty impressive. Like, oh, I'm enjoying this. It looks just like the anime. And, you know, they've they've really nailed everything. And then you get to the gameplay, and the gameplay's like, well, it's mediocre, but, you know, I can live with mediocre gameplay. And then the game just keeps going, and keeps going, and keeps going, and it keeps forcing you to go back to the mediocre gameplay, and you're just like, this would have been better if it was just like a a narrative adventure game, and they had ditched the RPG parts of it, sadly. (laughs) 
And, and if it had been, you know, five or ten hours shorter. But, you know, that happens sometimes. So I need to finish that up. Um, I don't know why, but I, I, for whatever reason, one anime game wasn't enough. So I went and I got another one. Another. Yeah, yeah. I imported an anime game. Oh, what Heaven are you thinking? Me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I got uh, Full Metal Panic. Fight who dares wins. What so a who dares on. wins? Who dares wins? Do you know the answer? I don't yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, this is a it's a tactical RPG. It's done by the uh, same dev that does uh, the Super Robot Wars games. And this is an old anime property that's kind of making a comeback. I think it originally aired like ten years ago, and they they just have a new season coming out right now. It, hence the game that goes along with it. And gosh, after Little Witch Academia, I'm very careful about not not trying to hype anything. <laughs> you know, and have, having it start out looking decent and then, you know, have it turn into a total crap fest by the by the end. Mm -hmm. But at least at least the first few hours are um promising. Yeah. Um it's it's tactical RPG. It's not grid based. You can just move, you know, you have free movement. And so when you're out on the field, it's me it's a mecha anime, kind of like it's not giant mechs, but it's uh, what would you call them? Are they just called smaller mechs when it's like three or four times a human size, something like that? I don't, I don't, I'm not up on my mech terminology. There's mechs and mecha, right? I can't yeah. remember. Or gears, yeah. Gundams, um, mini mech, Transformers, Max Voltron. Um, Avas, don't Avas, forget Avas. 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 Um, Avas are giant, pretty sure. Avas are pretty big. Yeah, Avas are pretty big. Yeah. But I mean, these are kind of like it, it's military. I mean, the game itself is based off the anime. The anime is like you. You're the main character is a uh, like a um, a mercenary who works for this mercenary force, and he's assigned to a high school to protect. Uh, an important girl who's going to high school. So is the this anime in English, is like, or yeah, it is. Yes. So this yes. is one of those Southeast Asia Englishes. Yes, it's one of so, those Southeast Asia English releases. Is it poorly translated by any chance? So far, it's been okay. Although, oh man, I put that on Twitter. Can I find it really quick? What was it last night? Um, most of it has been. Uh, decent so far you know it, with, with the couple of games i played with southeast asia they tend to be a bit 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 flat bit dry bit drier than a traditional like western localization but it's totally you totally understand what's going on okay. and it seems to mostly match the anime but like there was this one enemy last night you know like you've got these little when you attack someone you've got a little you know the little quip and the enemy last night his quip when he attacked me was just like snot. Um, yeah, just like snot. Mm -hmm. Just like snot. Just like snot. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Did, I I don't know. Just like snot. That's what. Yeah. Okay, so this is a tactical RPG then, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's so you'll have like a, a small squad. So far, I haven't had anything bigger than like three or four units. And you'll be fighting, you know, four to eight enemies. And 
every time you move on the map, you've got like two circles. You've got a circle kind of showing you where you can move on the map. And then you have a smaller circle that shows you how far your whatever weapon you have equipped can attack. And then it, it plays out like tactical gameplay. Like there's, there appears to be like deeper tactics to it because you can attack different parts of the mech and it does different types of, like there's body, head, arms, and legs. All of them have hit points. And so if you concentrate your attacks on an enemy's legs, you can kind of cripple them to where they can't really move. And apparently attacking the heads and arms does something too, but I haven't figured out exactly what yet. The game hasn't told me, and I don't know what, uh, you know, wiping out those hit points do to the enemy. But there's obviously strategy in, you know, like... It's not just moving around and attacking. It's also like, okay, I'm going to cripple this guy with his legs, and then I'm going to move my characters out of range and just wipe them out with my sniper. Like, apparently you can do that kind of stuff. But I'm still very early on. I just got through the tutorials and did, like, the first story mission. So, you know, so far it's been super easy. But I, I remember playing uh, Super Robot Wars V last year, and that also started out super easy and then kind of in the mid-game. So I have a question. Yeah, go how ahead. does it compare to Super Robot Wars V? Uh, well, I mean, there are times when you can tell it's obviously in the same engine because all the menus look identical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Super Robot Wars V is a uh, grid-based uh, tactical RPG, and this one is just free movement. And Super Robot Wars V, you can also tell they put they put quite a bit more money into. Okay. It's it's also bigger scale. Like Super Robot Wars V, like uh, most of those maps, you'll have like fifteen or twenty uh, allied units, and then maybe like forty or fifty enemies you may be fighting. They're they're gigantic um, grid based maps, and this one, at least so far anyway, is much smaller. Only three or four units. Which Only one? three or four units okay. on 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 the ally side anyway. Right. It's been decent so far. I mean, for an anime game, we'll see. How, mi how much did you end up liking V? Uh, I liked V. I liked the parts of V where um, I found my enjoyment of V varied greatly depending on whether I uh, was familiar with the underlying anime that was actually being used in the individual parts. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> V... So this might together. work better then since it yeah, doesn't yeah, have exactly. that expectation. Yeah, yeah. I th well, I mean, I've watched the underlying property. Well, yeah, so. I guess this is one anime, right? Yeah, makes it easier to catch up on, I should say. <laughs> exactly. That, that was my problem with V was that it, you know it uses there's like so much, twenty yeah. something. Yeah, there's so many, and it's kind of neat in V that they weave all those different games together into the story. Mm -hmm. So, like it, every few chapters in V, it would move on to like the next game and it would be like a new set of characters come along and they're helping you out. And now you're fighting some of the enemies from that one. So if you, yeah, if you had watched every single one, I'm sure it's fantastic. If you hadn't, yeah, every once in a while you'd just be stuck for three or four chapters with a bunch of people you didn't know or care about. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So we'll stay tuned for more updates on full metal panic fight. Who dares win? Gosh, I such hope it great, doesn't fall off a cliff. Such a great title. <laughs> it's an awesome title. And then you finish Mercenary Saga Chronicles. Yeah, which I've been plugging away on for two or three Sometime, months. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had some 
had some time between work to kind of play portable system, and so I finally finished off Mercenary Saga 3. All right, had, which, was this your first time playing through them? I had played like half of two back on the 3DS. I'm trying to get a sense for, like, if you've played two and three, is it worth playing it again on the Switch? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I Like, I really like the game. It's a, The combat is a lot of fun. If you've already played two and three, is it worth, like, picking it up for guys, one? I feel like that's what listeners need to know, but... <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still only 15 bucks for the whole thing. Oh, that's a good point. It's not really but that But, like, much. if you've already played 2 and 3, do you really care about playing through 1 at that point? Is there I, any unanswered uh, questions was... you're really waiting for? Well, I mean, the games are all pretty separate. Oh, I mean, okay. there's just the most tangential links between the three games. Oh, all right, then. What is, what is it, like, the main character in 2 kind of founds the country that forms the... Uh, setting for three but it's hundreds of years later in three so i mean there's just the the, the most tangential of links is this still three. our greatest final fantasy tactics like game of the past 10 years well, i don't know about the past 10 years but certainly it's, <laughs> it's trying to put a time value. frame on it yeah. how about the best value in final fantasy tactics style games <laughs> ever other than oh, i wouldn't tactics. call it great at anything i call it very easy to play and mediocre but satisfying okay great so it's sweet it in one um. <laughs> it's it's the potato chips of oh uh, I, I would okay. find Sweet Code One better than the Mercenary Saga games. Definitely. All right, all right, yeah. It's the Sweet Code One chips. does interesting things. Merc- Mercenary Saga isn't doing anything like revolutionary. <laughs> it isn't about or, being yeah. interesting. <laughs> no, Just but competent. I mean, yeah, like the, yeah, but the combat is it's very fun and engaging tactical combat. The class yeah. system is fun. You know, it's fun to kind of take your characters down different classes and customize them how you want them. There's not a ton of it, but it, it it's just enough to keep things interesting. So all in all, I mean, it's, it's a really, you know, 15 bucks for three pretty decent short tactical RPGs is, is a steal. Um, you know, is it worth 15 bucks to just get one if that's all you're going to play? Eh, maybe wait for a sale then. It'll probably go on sale. All right. Let's do the news, folks. Beep, 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 beep. It's been a while. Beep, 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 beep. The first thing we have is a video. So they put out a demo walkthrough video for Bard's Tale 4 Barrows Deep. So I think we're plugging this video because like, it's very Has, showing off like, what's going on with it has all the developer commentary as they go yeah. out. Yeah. So it's worth, it, it's actually interesting to watch it. it. It's some lively commentary. He's pretty good. And if you've been caring about Bard's Tale 4, which, um, what is this? The Bard's Tale was released in 04. <laughs> Sorry. No, the original Bard's Tale is back in the 80s. Thank you. Uh, that's what I was about to, yeah. Then they did a remake sort of thing. It's a spoof slash unconnected spinoff, simply titled The Bard's Tale in 04, then a VR title in, in 2017. They crowdfunded Bard's Tale 4, which is supposed to be like a mainline game in the series. They crowdfunded that in 2015, and they're looking to put it out this year. And they've got a big walkthrough of like the alpha tests that they've been, they've been sending out to backers. So, so you can watch all that, and it's by In Exile, which I think does good work. So, so this newest one isn't a comedy one like the spinoff. Seems I to be don't straight. know. Aww. Did you watch I the whole thing? They always kind of have a level of humor in them. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that kind of the bard's shtick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Because I, I really like the comedy one that came out on the PS2 and Xbox. The, the David Duchovny or some? No, it was like Carrie Car- always played the bard. Oh, no was? way. Okay. It was, yeah, I remember it, it was some uh, unexpected oh, name. The Dread Pirate yeah. Roberts played. Wow. I like Carrie Ellis. Yeah, he he is hilarious in it, and the, the soundtrack is really good. My husband and I listen to a lot of the soundtrack songs in the car. I can definitely picture around. him as being the bard. And I, His I voice. can't rem- I can't remember if Carrie even sings some of the songs. I would think so. Didn't he sing in uh, Men in Tights? Maybe yeah, I don't, I, don't I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, Vaughn in the chat room would know for sure. R.I.P. Tony J, whoever that is, and he doesn't. So Tony J, the this is like the voice of every demon ever. Okay, I remember him from the um the Legacy of Kane games or the the Soul Reaver games, I guess. Let's see, he played Doctor Lipschitz and Rugrats. Uh, what else? He died not... quite yeah, apparently he I died guess... in 2016. Or, yeah, 2006, excuse me. Yeah, long, long time The ago. voice of Raja the Tiger? <laughs> Megabyte. Oh, he was Megabyte. Now I'm done. Yeah, that's depressing. Nah, that... Wait, so... Is that why we to... don't have a good reboot follow-up at this point? Because Megabyte's voice is dead? <sighs> Froyo. I don't know who Frollo is. Follow from Hunchback. Oh, I didn't watch Hunchback. Um, and he's the narrator of the Bard's Tale game that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, this wasn't recent, was it? Oh, six. <laughs> no, he died in yeah. 2006. So, all right. Well, that has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but um, watch the video, well, we see talk- if it's got enough comedy for you or not, I guess. Yes, maybe. Or you could just watch a Let's Play of the game because I've heard that the actual game itself isn't very good, but the comedy... No, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant the new one. I meant watch no, the video of this talking... new one and see if it's got enough comedy for you, no. assuming you like the last one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was talking about the old one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should do that. I want to either play it or watch a Let's Play of it because I've always heard good things about it. You played it. You liked it, right? No, no. You, I, you watched I a Let's played... Play? <laughs> yeah, well, I only played a little bit of it. I... um bought it because it, it like copies of it are super cheap yeah because nobody yeah, really bought the it. ps2 one is it's probably got a, maybe a cult following to a degree but overall the game's not very well regarded i believe it's on pc my... as well yeah um i think they uh there's a steam version yeah that goes mm-hmm. on sale all the time isn't there a vita port as well Could i don't be know. I know that there was a mobile port. Hey, and if you buy the Bard's Tale on PC, you get the Bard's Tale 1, 2, and 3 included. Like the old games. So, there you go. (laughs) All right. While we're all waiting for the movie supercut of Bard's Tale to get us up to speed for Bard's Tale 4, um, we can move on and talk about Valkyrie Profile Lenneth, which is out now on iOS and Android. Yay! This is the original Valkyrie Profile. Um, this looks like a port of the PSP version, right? I assume. Yeah, yeah. if it's called Leneth. They call it Leneth, just like that. Um, really good music. 
Um, a story that I find extremely difficult to follow. Um, I don't know if other people agree, but I've always found the stories in Valkyrie Profile to be very... Well, excuse me, I've only played the first game, but it's very hard to follow, and it's very hard to come back to and understand what the heck was going on. Um, so, yeah. But battle system's really good. You press a lot of buttons, and then everyone does things. And... I find that to be an accurate description of the battle system, even though it sounds like every game ever. But, like, seriously, you press the button, and then the, the button that, that's assigned to a character, that character goes attack, and then you're done with your turn, and you gotta wait. And then you run around on a platform oh. in 2D, and then um, you find out that the Lennard castle is just too hard for you, and you need to figure out why you suck. Yeah. Or Lizard, excuse me. And then you, you realize you're bad at this game. And that's where I left off. Well, I think the idea was that you're supposed to use the characters to essentially build up a huge combo meter and yes, that's what them it is. In the air and then so, and, yeah, the and Valkyrie do, like, does a combo. Overstrike yes. damage. Overstrike. Man, it's been a while since I played this. Yeah, um, it's been. I played the PSP version back in the day, and it's been a while since I've played it too. But I, I remember enjoying what I played. And that was also back before, you know, Norse mythology was a thing in RPGs. Most of it was always, like, uh, medieval kind of stuff. So, so getting a game about yeah. more Norse mythology was kind of fascinating. So one of the things they didn't seem to do in this game is, like, fix the translation. Um, so be aware that... Um, that I, Unless the mobile version's different. Like, the PSP one was using the PSX translation, which... It really is not great, in my opinion. And makes the story more confusing than it might need to be. But, you know, there's guides out there. People love this game, so if you have trouble with the story, someone's rewritten it probably three different ways with timelines and everything, so you can figure out what's going on. Um, and, yeah, Valkyrie Profile. Anna, why don't you like Valkyrie Profile? I I was fine with the PlayStation one. You didn't play the PSP one, and you haven't downloaded this on your phone. What's wrong with you? Nope. How much do they want for this thing on the phone, by the way? Like 16 bucks. Of course. Oh, yeah, $16. Yeah, it's a Square Enix game. I have no idea if the port's any good. So Also, it's on a phone, which I would think would be very frustrating, since this is a very button-pressy game. So, yeah, I didn't, bad to me. I didn't play... Um. I didn't play the PSP remake, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I would like this. Well, I don't think the PSP remake adds anything other than some fancy cutscenes. Okay. <laughs> and made the game easier to find. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just, I remember playing the PlayStation version, and I just, I don't remember anything about it. It just didn't stick with me. And then they had, like, what, Silmaria and... Didn't they have, like, two follow-ups? Yeah, Silmaria was the PS2 sequel. Uh-huh. That I bought but never finished. Which is, and like, a prequel there's... sequel? I don't I don't remember how it works. Yeah. Because, like, the world and... ends in this game. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. It's, it's about, about Ragnarok. Ending. Yeah. So to have a sequel doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> So I guess the next one's a prequel, but there's time travel and stuff, and I don't know I what's going on. I haven't played Covenant of the Plume or... Yeah, uh... Covenant of the Plume. That's the other um... one. Covenant of the Plume I played and I ended up 
I think that it was the maddest I had ever been in a game in my entire life. Oh, why is that? I, I had got all the way to the end, and I was playing it on my DS, and had been kind of, you know, fighting it throughout the course of the day, you know, just during, like, my breaks at work or whatever. And the final boss healed up all the way to full once. And it's like, okay, that's going to be one of these fights. Get it chipped down again, and then the final boss heals up all the way to full again. And that when it did it that second time, I was like at the end of my rope, you know, at the end of all my resources. And when it happened, I nearly threw my DS across the room. I was so mad. And I ended up uh, like finding Game Shark codes to finish the game because at that point I didn't want the game to beat me, and I I was just incredibly pissed. And I to this day I don't know if that was like a bug or if I didn't do some if I did something wrong in the fight, or if that's just how that fight is that you have that it's basically a DPS check. And that game, that particular game was also really hard anyway, because um, if I'm remembering correctly, you had to like sacrifice characters to get better abilities, but you also got a worse ending if you sacrificed a whole bunch of the characters. Yeah, I so imagine. The Id- so the idea was that you had to play through it multiple times and basically get a bad ending first by sacrificing a bunch of characters and getting a whole bunch of abilities and then doing a new game plus. So, yeah, that game really pissed me off back in the day. That explains why I was so bad at that game. Yeah. Yeah, and it it was a tactical RPG, but it also had the same combo system that the uh, non-tactic RPG had. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, we have more Zonky Zero details. Uh, we're not going to read them all here, but they, they showcase some of the backstory of the Lust character and the Sloth character. So you go check on that if you're excited for Zonky Zero, which we did, still did you notice how Did you notice how old the characters are? They're 25. 25. They're all like 25. Like grandfathers. Yeah. Uh-huh. For a so Japanese game? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, we still don't have a U.S. thing date but we do have an announcement of U.S. and Europe releases. Just don't know when. Um, and then we have Pokemon games. Pokemon! So, so yeah, I mentioned this when I talked about Pokemon Quest. Yes. So they announced Pokemon Quest, um, which is uh, free to start, um, available now. I think we covered Switch. Pokemon Quest enough. Yeah, and iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is Pokemon Let's Go! Where are we going? Well, we're going to... Go to go play the, Pokemon Go. We're gonna yes. Oh okay. But it's going to be on the Switch, huh? So it's um. Does a my Switch... Switch get cellular connectivity now? No. Oh. So it is um, basically Pokemon Yellow, with Pokemon Go battle mechanics. So there's no oh, random I'm so battles. So confused. So there's no random battles. So it's 2D overhead. Mm, no. no, it's not Pokemon Yellow at all. Really, it's. It's, all 3D. It's Pokemon Yellow. Okay. But Why do you say it's Pokemon Yellow? Because it's the original Kanto region with the original 151 Pokemon. Oh, okay. 
but it's played with Pokemon you see, Go calling, style of mechanics. Because Pokemon follows you around? Yes. Okay. That's and, what you mean by Pokemon Yellow. And? And? It has Pokemon Yellow story. It does? It's a reimagining of Pokemon Yellow story. So is Jesse and James going to show up? Yeah, I mean, all that Pokemon Yellow was they was have a Pikachu really... behind you and have Jesse and James show up when there's Team Rocket stuff. They don't really elaborate on that. Did they actually mention Pokemon Yellow? Yes. I don't remember this. Okay. Yes. They have called it a blend of Pokemon Yellow with Pokemon Go. All that right, is then... literally how they have introduced the game. That's weird. So there's two versions coming. So it looks like a 3D Pokemon on Switch. So this yes. seems exciting, but it's not the new Pokemon game. No. So there's so two weird. versions coming. And you okay. can either play Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee. So I get Charmander or Bulbasaur. No, you get Pikachu or Eevee. What? But that's not like... Okay, it's so yellow. yellow. Yellow, you get Pikachu, but where's the Eevee thing coming from? You I don't get, get Eevee that instead of Pikachu. Because Eevee's... Eevee's really popular. But what about um, Charmander and, and Bulbasaur? Uh, okay. okay, screw them. Okay, Chris, calm, yeah. calm down. Okay, I'm coming in, down. In, in the original Yellow, Gary got Eevee. Oh. That's where it comes from. Okay. And also, if I recall in Pokemon Yellow, because it followed the TV show, you could actually ob- obtain three starters like you could in the, like Ash did in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I like this. I like this. Anna, we only have one Switch. How do we play with each other? Um, we get a second Switch. <sighs> we should have done that last well, isn't night. Isn't there co-op? Yeah. Local drop-in via the second Joy-Con. Oh, okay. That works, too. But I mean, usually you have to buy. We buy one of each type of Pokemon game, yes. each color that comes out, and yes. we each play, and then we trade and stuff. Yes. Like I don't see that happening here because no. we only have one Switch. Yeah. Well, here's and the it's... other question I have: How often do you guys play co-op games? It seems usually never play and games it's around her fault. each other and just kind of watch each it's other. It's her fault. I want to, and it's her fault. Mm. Yeah. yeah notice she ain't saying anything. Um. <laughs> so the game interface oh. is Pokemon Go. On your phone. So you can send Pokemon from Pokemon Go Switch to the phone, but not vice versa. No, wait, or is it the other way around? I forget. You can it send shows Pokemon... them going from the from the mobile to the Switch. Is it the... I think. Which way is it? Yeah, you catch them on Go, and then you send them into your Go base in the Switch. They, they add a special area where they show up. Yeah, but not but not the other way. It doesn't it's a look one-way like you're transfer. catching them to be in your party even necessarily. Nope. So I don't know that you can catch them and go and then play with them in battle in the Switch. But yes. they certainly show up on a farm, if nothing else. And yes. then I bet you can pet them and feed them a, a cupcake or whatever you also, do. Also, you can get a Pokeball controller. Oh, that's right. This has one-handed mode. You Sold know, separately. In case you're really excited about Pokemon. And you put your Pokemon in the Pokeball, and you can walk around with them. Yeah, which is weird. Is it, it like the walker? Sort yes. Of? Yeah. So, but it makes noises and stuff. Yeah. So, like, I think it'll make your Pokemon cry and stuff if you do certain things with that ball. Yes. And then walking around with it does something. Do we to know details what details to be released at a later date? Okay. So it's definitely wanting you to stay being active, and carrying around more Pokemon themed accoutrements on your body so that when you get run over by a car people are really sure it's because you're playing pokemon go <laughs> well i know um, in go when you walk around with your buddy you get extra candies yes 
Yeah, maybe you get Malasadas. I don't know. That's a Pokemon. This is not Alola. Oh, fine. It should it's be, though. Canto. Well, have someone come over. All right. Let's go Pikachu. Them. Let's go Eevee. And the Pokeball Plus comes out November 16th. Why, why is it the Pokeball Plus? No. Is there a regular Pokeball already available? Um, I mean, what is the the plus version of? Remember we played with that awful Pokeball at, at Misty Otis Oh, that place? was terrible. <laughs> that, that, that tries to guess what Pokemon you're thinking of by asking you really bad questions and then mishearing what you say. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> don't buy that, by the way. That's a toy for kids and it's awful. So don't get it for yours. So they also announced the, the mainline Pokemon Gen 8 game. The development is going well. It is um, on track for the second half of 2019. Is that a delay? No. I think that counts as a delay. They they never announced a date for it. I thought it was pretty assumed it was going to be this year. No. Okay. They said when initially they announced Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, all they said is they're developing the next mainline game for Switch. So here's a question for you. Did this Pokemon Let's Go delay the mainline Pokemon game I somehow? I doubt it. You think different teams? Yeah. Okay. I think that they saw how successful Go was and put together a team to make a Go game. Yeah. Because obviously Niantic doesn't know how to make a fun game, so someone else needs to. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Sorry. So uh, speaking of Pokemon games, segue... Uh, how about those unreleased Pokemon in the Gold and Silver demo? Yeah, so huh? something interesting happened this week. Is um, someone put out the Nintendo World Gold demo from like Space World 1997. Cool. So this was a super early build of Gold and Silver. And it's sort of interesting because it has the original region map, um, a super early um, story, um, really early designs of Pokemon, really early moves. Um, And so, I mean, a lot of games go through this design stage where they make a bunch of stuff and then they cut a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We just normally don't get to see it. And so the interesting thing is, is we know Gold and Silver went through a huge optimization near the end of its development because Watasan did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that they very publicly acknowledge that he did. Um, and one of the things that it let them do was add new Pokemon. Um, and so what we never really considered was, well, if it, they added new Pokemon, what did they what were they planning on doing previously? And now we know the answer. They were going to do familial lines. Didn't we already know this from whoever would have played the demo at Space World? No one really thought about it. No one really talked about it. All right. So there's this sprite sheet that came out that has all of these prevolutions. So there's all of these... Prevolutions. Pre-evolutions. So there's all of these baby Pokemon. Baby Meowth. Yeah, they... Baby Meowth. <laughs> baby Paris baby Vulpix, a baby, um, um, Ponita, a baby, um, Doduo, a baby, um, Muck. um, not Muck, um, 
What what's the one that Sletto? What? There's ditto? a baby ditto. Baby ditto? Yeah. No, the ditto that was uh, evolution with a metal coat. Thank you. So yeah, there's there's prevolutions and evolutions. Where do I see this baby meowth? There's a link to a polygon story. There it is. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, and people have been doing fan art of these pre-evolutions that have just been adorable. Um, The fact that we didn't get Baby Meowth hurts my soul because Baby Meowth is very cute and has a five yen coin on its head. (laughs) And I love it. And there was also a tiger that is like a little ball. That was like an electric type that is just freaking adorable, and it hurts my soul that we didn't get it that. It grows up to be huge. Um, Giraffarig's original design and its is twins. terrifying. Um, yeah. It's two heads with no butt. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Raid like and Artillery's. We're uh, actually tanks and artillery? And the- a tank and a gun, and that makes so much more sense than what it ended up as. Yeah. So um, the three legendary dogs are DeviantArt Sparkle Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> they're really weird. I like them. It's like they're. But cute, it explains but, uh, why they call them dogs now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it sucks that we didn't get this. I mean, I understand that stuff changes, but this was just fascinating to look at and looking at the spreadsheet that people made of the names and what they would have turned into and stuff like that. I like, like the voodoo that. doll it, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah the one that turns into weird. a panda. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that, that being said, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like fan generations before. Yeah. Um, this kind of looks like that. Like a fan generation. <laughs> so the interesting tiger. thing is, is like within hours of all of this coming out, people started making fake leaks. Fake gold demo leaks. So like someone put out like a sprite sheet of a supposed female character that was involved in this game. And then that was immediately debunked. And then people put out more supposedly um, Prevolution characters, and then those were immediately debunked. It got really weird really fast. Uh, yeah, if, if you think Pokemon now goes crazy with uh, babies and extra evolutions, just know that it could have been so much worse. It could have been really weird. So yeah, there is all of your Pokemon news for the week and I suspect we'll learn more about um, Pokemon Go at E3 Pokemon Let's Go I should say we probably won't learn much about um, the mainline game until next year (laughs) cool oh and you can download and play that demo f- with an emulator. All right. Fallout 76 was announced, folks. That's right. We're skipping ver- Fallout's 5 through 75. We've gone right to Fallout 76. 
Um, they're taking a page from Breath of Death 7. That's right. So they're just really accelerating. Dev- they're following the rapid release model. So this they've had a number of builds already internally, and now they're on Fallout 76. Um, no, we have no idea. It's a set. It's a story set in Vault 76. They have a song that doesn't sound like the normal f- Fallout songs that you get. Didn't sound like old music. It's it's much more modern um, country music. Tank be home, country roads. It's country roads, yeah, yeah, West Virginia. I, and that's that's <laughs> not 1950s music, I don't believe, <laughs> unless I'm totally wrong. I don't know the. I know the John Denver version isn't, but may, it may be an older song. 1971, that he if it's the Don John Denver. So, yeah. Um, it, but that isn't the John Denver version, so I don't know. Country roads take me. Well, out. I mean, it wouldn't be John Denver because they. They'd want to do a cover to make the licensing less money, but um, follow seventy six trailer song. Who sings Country Roads? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Probably. Hang on, hang on. Okay, I'm checking it out. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll find out more at Bethesda's E three showcase event. That's six thirty p.m. on June tenth. We'll cover all the. Apparently, events. they're going to reveal who sang it at E three. Okay, so it's a cover. Um, so. There you go. So they have this song that doesn't fit. It's set in Vault 76, and we don't know what kind of game it is. We don't know if it's an RPG or not. We don't know if it's a... Some people are speculating it's going to be an MMO. Some people are speculating it's a first-person shooter, I bet. Actually, I don't know what they're speculating. I would speculate that. The biggest speculation I've heard is like Fallout 4 engine, but in uh, the base building, but expanding on the base building stuff and making it like a... A survival co-op game. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. So co-op survival, that's a big thing to do now. So you, you really mm-hmm. have no sense. All, all this, The trailer that they put out for this is just very story-laden, showing the, uh, the room in a vault, in Vault 76, obviously. And um, there's something on the TV that you can kind of maybe infer some things from, sort of. And we don't know. There's a, there's a thing going on. So It you, doesn't look 1950s. It looks a little more modern. In the vault? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be weird, given the Fallout storyline, but okay. Um, How co- Why can't... See, I wonder if 76 well, the world was means kind of 1976, yeah, when I, the Fallout happened. No, obviously... Well, it doesn't happen. It happens in the 50s. That's no, it says it's 2102 or something, which makes it only 20 years after the war. So it's going to be much more... The world's going to be much more fresh to the war than it is in the other games where... Um... Where did you see the, the year? Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. So and I mean, if it was no 1976 change. when the war happened, then it no, would No, it makes... wasn't. It wasn't 1976. It's just Vault 76. It's just the number of the vault, and they've mentioned Vault 76 in the other games. And it's gonna. it was a control vault, so they didn't do any weird experiments. So it's just going to be normal people popping out. Yeah. So it's normal people popping out, and then ghouls and mutants are going to be fresh there's not going to be any factions yet no brotherhood of steel that kind of stuff yeah so fallouts the the thing about fallout anna is that cultural development got frozen in the 50s the the war didn't happen in the 50s but cultural development kind of got held up in the 50s sort of frame of mind because of this giant war and so culturally um we didn't advance past kind of the 50s things and because we had like this war thing going on for years and years and years and then finally they blow up the world and then and then there was a fallout 
Yes. And everybody and everyone's went underground. In, everyone who didn't vaults. get into a vault, which was hard to do and only for rich people and blah, blah, blah. Um, everyone who didn't get into the vault either died or turned into mutants um, okay. or had to deal with the wastes. And then everyone in the vaults kind of wakes up or kind of survives in the vaults for usually 100 or 200 years and then realizes, oh, our water chip needs to be replaced. Um, you better go out and figure something out and stuff happens. Well, I don't think they uh... survived that long. They actually just had multi-generational families. Yeah, of course. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Like, I didn't mean that people lived longer uh, than normal. Okay. Um, unless, you know, you're half tree, but that's that's mutant stuff. Um ha- I, never mind. I'm not going to ask. There's never mind. A guy. He, never mind. He never mind. Carry on. Over the course of the games, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, yeah. All right. So that's we have some weird Fallout game coming. We don't know enough about, but we'll find out more at E3. Hey, Grace. Yeah. There's more Monster Hunter for you to play. I know. I should play it. You're going to be able to to. To I can beat hunt up Lunastra. Yeah, I can. I can. I can finally hunt DJ Tiestro's um, um, mate or Tony the Tiger or whatever you want to call Teos. Turn on the fog machine. The, no, oh, wait, that's the, not right. Yeah. So, um, what, what's Miss Lady Tiger Dragon Lady here um, has blue flames instead of red flames, and she'll team up with her mate and they'll do a combo attack and really kick your ass. So she's hard. Where's my... What does he shout for? Where's my Dragonator? That's it. Where's my Dragonator? So, right now you can join a giant quest to kill Teostra, Lunastra, which is Teostra's... The female Teostra, and um, uh, Nergigante. And they come at you together, and it's not good for you. So... You can go. You can go do that right now. It's free update. They've got new equipment that comes from Lunastra, and they've got arch-tempered dragons. So whole new level of really freaking hard monsters to fight. So there you go. Yay, Monster Hunter! Still getting updates. What is Swords of Gargantua, Anna? You showed me this trailer, and I just left very confused. <laughs> It's a virtual reality online action RPG. I think we didn't realize it was VR before. Oh. So you team up with sense. three other people in cooperative battles against the forces of a race of giants called Gargantua. And it's being developed for Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. Um, and there's a single player game avail- uh, demo, excuse me, downloadable right now from the itch.io page for this developer. There, uh, So go to Yo yomuneko.itch.io slash gargantua vr or just go find our article on it and, and click the link <laughs> so swords of gargantua you can watch a trailer it's a vr game um i bet you it's not going to be as good as moss but what is no yeah all right nothing nothing yeah <laughs> nothing game of the year 2018 all right warhammer 40k inquisitor martyr right yes <laughs> It's a game that has like two titles and it feels like they can't decide. Warhammer 40k <laughs> Inquisitor dash Martyr. Um, this is the Diablo style Warhammer game coming from the people who made the Van Helsing games, Neocore games. Um, so they've got a date for the console. They had to change the date. So now it's going to be released on July 5th, 2018, one month after the PC version, which is coming out this week on June 5th. So they showed a new trailer. So if you want to check that out on the site, check that out. Um, some screenshots. And yeah. And they also announced another Warhammer game. Warhammer Chaos Bane. 
So this is from publisher Big Ben Interactive, and this is an isometric action RPG, um, just like uh, the other one we're just talking about. But it's set in the Warhammer Fantasy universe instead of Warhammer 40K. Here you go, Kelly. Here you go. No release yeah, dates I, for this. I was looking at this, and it actually looks pretty cool. So it's a uh, French studio, Echo Software. So it's a totally different developer and publisher for this one, Chaos Bane. But looking like they're also going for the Diablo thing, but Warhammer Fantasy. We'll see how that goes. Um, I find that a lot of Warhammer Fantasy visual design can all look very samey. So I'm I'm hoping they can keep with some varied environments and stuff. Um, people lean they sure way... do churn out a lot of Warhammer games. They sure do. They license that thing like crazy. I have like in my little uh, queue, whatever in um, Steam. There's always new Warhammer. I have so many Warhammer games in my wish list. And, and isn't there a thing on like Steam going on right now that encourages you to play old games you haven't played? Like uh, a there's a thing. There's thing? a I don't know. I'm not familiar with that, but I do know there's a Games Workshop uh, sale this weekend on Warhammer, so mostly Warhammer stuff. Ooh, I can go so fill in any holes I have. Yeah. Yeah. That Probably, and there's a D&D yeah. one right now, too. D&D and Warhammer. Yeah, all on sale this weekend. Jeez. Ooh, Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2. I can, I can play the sequel to the game I could never get good enough to actually play. That'd be great. Oh wait, that's a pre-order. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like it's all kind of stuff. It's so slow. Okay, I'm not gonna look at that right now. All right, Warhammer. Anna, will you play Warhammer Diablo with me? Mm, no. Oh, sorry. Why not? Um, it's from the Van Helsing folks. Another Van Helsing game? Or was this the Van Helsing game you showed me? What? Before this the podcast. Is, this is that. Oh, uh, maybe. This is the one we talked about before the podcast. Okay. I showed you a trailer. I said it's from the Van Helsing folks. And you said, oh, now I'm slightly interested. Well, how about this? Well, how we're, about we finish gonna, the other two Van gonna, Helsing games? We're going to try to get an appointment for it at E3. Okay. Let's try to play it at E3. Okay. Engage my interest off of that. All right. Sounds good. We should do that. I, I And I bet you, um, what's her name? No, uh, forget her name. Um. She has a. It's a very European name, but uh, she she likes us. She, she we should be able to get in, so that'll be cool. Hey, we have some Kickstarter games to check in on. Okay, Kickstarter check for Grimshade, Grimshade from Tail Rock, T A L E Rock. Okay, so all I'm seeing is it looks like a badger is a character in this thing. So story driven RPG with tactical battles set in a fantasy world is how they describe it. Looks like we've got humans and animal people and I don't know what else. Um, oh, a set of fun picks and memes with badgers. Badgers is one of the achievements that you get for unlocking things. Okay, that's part of the Kickstarter rewards. All right. So the point is there's a badger. There must be a honey badger in this game. So there'll be lots of memes like that. So be prepared for that if you're going to get into this. 15 bucks if you want to get in at the minimum tier that gets you a copy of the game. And if you want to spend all your monies, um, it is $5,000. Or more, if you want to spend more. Design a boss battle. Um, we'll send you an in, a 10-centimeter in-game monster and a 16-centimeter hero miniature of your choice. And you get some extra stuff like beta access and other access and posters and a t-shirt and all that stuff. So if you want to go crazy, there you go. They have crazy-looking monsters like a crocodile with like um, a... Uh, what's that called? 
lanternfish stalk, like that thing that tries to lure fish in with the light stalk on its head. So some cool looking stuff. Go check that out if you want to see if you want to uh, to give money towards the, the game with a badger in it. Um, and second Kickstarter game is Queen's Wish Temtem. This is from Spiderweb Software, the people who made Avedon and Avernum. So it is their tagline is Escape into a new indie fantasy role-playing epic. They want 30k, they've got 63k already. You want to get in, it's 20 bucks for a copy of the game. And if you want to spend all your money, it's already gone. You can't. The $1,000 create a quest tier is already taken, but they do have the $700 added NPC tier. So if that's your thing. Um, they have some stretch goals. You can go check that out. If you're into like those uh, 2D overhead, Avernum, Avedon type games, um, then you might want to kickstart this. But it looks like it's going to happen regardless at this point. So, um, Oh, and Grimshade, I didn't mention where their goal was at. Um, they want 100 k and they're at 43000 over at Grimshade, the Badger game. Kickstarter check complete, Anna. All right. We have editorial blocks. Smoke and Sacrifice Pascal, what'd you think? That's well, you, right? it kind of goes goes uh, in line with some of the other things that I uh, played recently. Uh-oh. So I thought it was a, um, a really good um, idea. So, uh, you, play, uh, you play as a mother of a... Well, so... Um, yeah, a mother of a, of a child, obviously, but um, I realize as I'm saying that that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> a little redundant. <laughs> but um, the the idea is um, it's it's in a kind of a post apocalyptic steampunk world, and um, when the game starts, you're in her village, um, and it's it's they're uh, harvesting crops, and it just looks like a like a mundane like farmer village, and then um, a bell starts tolling. And something strange is going on. And uh, despite the fact that the trailer kind of gives it away in the game, you don't really know um, what's what's happening. Uh, but you do know that you're somehow the the center at the center of it all. And uh, what it turns out to be is that you're being asked to go to your uh, your cottage and uh, go gather your uh, your infant um, son, daughter, I'm not sure, your infant child. And you have to bring it to a temple where it's then sacrificed. And the reason for this is, uh, apparently, um, it's a, a tradition in this village that the that each family's firstborn is sacrificed to appease the uh, something that they call the the sun tree, I think, which protects the village from whatever is on the outside of. Uh, in this post-apocalyptic world, some uh, there's there's big uh, monsters and all kinds of bad things out there. Um, and then it immediately fast forward several years, so I thought that was kind of um, unexpected. Well, uh, that doesn't sound like you're going to save your son at that point. It's a little yeah, already normally done. You would think, uh, <laughs> something would happen right away. You know, yeah. you're asked to sacrifice your child, but no, it happens like that. It it literally you you go through with it. And uh, the way that um, the way that it's carried out, uh, you place them on uh, an altar, and uh, some uh, a machine, a nearby machine, like throws a, a laser beam or some kind of beam of light on him, and poof, he's gone. And then it uh, fast forward several years, 
Uh, anyway, so what happens uh, at that point is uh, through some through different circumstances, you come to find out. Well, your your child may not be dead. Um, uh, he's he or she is apparently alive um, in this underworld, this subterranean uh, underworld, and you find a way to get there. Well, there and might so be a lot of other kids death, still alive then, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it somebody is behind this. Somebody has been basically deceiving the village, and you the part of the game is finding out who and why they did that. And it sounds really interesting. And so yeah. from there on. From there on, it becomes a story of, you know, you're trying to save your child. And that's something I don't know. I don't I, I certainly can't think of too many other games where where something it's, it's really personal like that. Um, and that's where the the praise for the game for me anyway, kind of stuff. So I think other people have been much more generous with it. But um, the way that the gameplay is carried out apart from the because because it is an action RPG. So it's uh, it's jump uh dodge and jump um the uh the enemy attacks and then use your weapon to try to hack them to bits but the reason you do any of it is because you're gathering materials and the and you have to gather materials constantly throughout the game to craft items craft weapons armor um health potions bombs just craft everything it's just it's a crafting game is what it is and it's just hidden in this you know like an like an action rpg get up that doesn't sound so, bad yet. What's wrong with that? Well, and again, uh, for me, it's it's not it's not a game that uh, I enjoy. It's not a mechanic that I enjoy. Yeah. But um, not only are you are you gathering um, items to craft stuff, but every uh, at least fifty percent of the items and, and gear and weapons that you make in the game um, also degrade. So Ooh. you're gathering items to craft new things. And you're constantly going back and gathering items to fix up what you already have. And it's not just a, a matter of you need better gear, you know, and then you switch it out for the old gear and you never use the old gear again. No, there's uh, different zones in the game. So like there's the the lava zone and there's a snow zone. And uh, one of them is uh, like a like an industrial zone that has um, electricity running through the floor. So you also need certain gear to enter each zone and you have to go into, um, you know, you don't just go through a zone and then you're done with it. You constantly have to revisit. So you have to keep up all of your gear at all times. Um, It just becomes really monotonous and really, well, annoying. I can't even think of another, you know, a kinder word to describe it. Um, And that's not to mention the fact that you also have to, find ways to heal yourself um uh, the weapons that you have to make you have to make better weapons some weapons require um ammo that you have to craft and so and often you're crafting items that are just used to craft other things and it's a constant mess of going back over and over again and and um and farming for low level and mid-level uh ingredients and so this takes about 20 hours and yeah there's you know, the story of saving a child does continue, but it's, I don't know, it's pretty much what you can expect from it at this point. It has a, has such a great um, potential setup, but it doesn't do much with it. Just um, you go into the, uh, the underworld and um, the first person you run into says, oh, um, you're looking for your child. Go talk to this person, you know, down, somewhere down the way. And then each person just kind of passes you on to the next as you go. And some, and every now and then that means you have to uh, 
forge new equipment to go into a different zone so you can find whatever person you're supposed to talk to there. And it's just the biggest runaround ever. It's a couple of boss fights in, in there in between. And by the end of it, you've, you know, you've uncovered the story of who was behind the, the uh, original deception. And, I mean, if you're in it for the story, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it other than kind of this by-the-numbers thing that I've, um, that I've just <laughs> mostly run through. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, to enjoy this game, you really have to be a lover of just crafting. And uh, I'm not. <laughs> okay. And so Fair there enough. was there wasn't a whole lot left um, to to fall in love with. It's got a it's got a really good um, art style. I'll definitely give it that. And uh, yeah, that's the the summary of it. Um, it's like I said, uh, you know, like, like I said, like an hour ago, I'm finding all, a lot of different types of RPGs that I'm just not a fan of. Not a fan of. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm I'm finding out the hard way by yeah. by having to play through some of them. Hey, the jobber of a reviewer. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and it's not an an easy game. Basically, you spend uh, most of the twenty hours constantly on uh, on death's door, so you're always either either dying yourself or your armor's uh, getting ready to break, or sometimes it does, and then you have to gather materials to re, reforge whatever item it is or armor. Oh, and I didn't even mention um, the the other big um, mechanic of the game is the, the smoke from the title. Um, so once you get into the underworld, there's also a kind of a, a day-night cycle, um, except instead of being day-night, it's uh, the smoke uh, time and the smoke-free time. And no. smoke is something... And it takes about six minutes or so of real time to uh, to cycle through the smoke free and then get into the uh, the smoke time. And what happens is it um, obviously it obscures the screen. It makes it harder to see, but it also uh, takes away your light energy. And when when that's gone, um, then it starts draining your health and uh, harder enemies come out during during the smoke time. And I thought it was a good um it was a good plot device, so uh, you know, the, to make the the underworld more hostile and uh, to find a reason why the the people that have been forced to live down there are in, you know, in bad shape because of the the smoke, which is some kind of a, a byproduct from the machines that run down there, the smoke that um that affects everybody, and slowly I guess drives them mad and makes them forget their past life. But as far as a a gameplay mechanic it was it was just more like annoying stuff to have to deal with mm-hmm. um doesn't really add a lot of fun and you could just find a safe place to stand uh like a near light source that keeps the smoke away and just stand and wait oh yeah for six yep. for six minutes that's about that's the extent boring. of the <laughs> yeah or you go or you go out and deal with it yep so that's that all right <laughs> That's smoke and sacrifice. Yeah, more of the same. All right, we got another review up on the site. West of Loathing from Alex Fuller. He put that up. I love West of Loathing. You can read his review. He seemed to like it too. So, um, yay! And then we have some briefs, not underwear, but uh, some brief stories. Cosmic Star Heroine is hitting the the Vita in Europe next week. Noah Mund is coming out this year. What's Noah Mund? I don't remember. Do you remember Noah Mund? Oh, that's the one that looks cool. Yeah, it's from a Spanish uh, developer, Estudio, Estudio Abrega, um, and they've got uh, new media and release dates. 
They uh, this game is supposed to be like a combo of Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy Tactics, at least as far as its um, inspirations. So you can go check out those trailers, and that'll be coming out sometime this year, quarter three. And then Sorcery Saga has a PC version coming out on Monday, which really we should be putting that into the release dates that we're about to do. So yeah, Sorcery Saga PC, cool. So <laughs> let's see. We had no responses to our question of the week about if you care about digital retro games dying. So I guess nobody cares. Yeah, I'm the only one. You're the only one. I'm sorry. Oh, hey, well. Jonathan might care, but uh, he's not here. Though I yeah, guess he, he likes physical ones anyway. Yeah, Jonathan had to leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. So fine. Screw it. Uh, question of the week. Um, so we will not be here next week. Because of E3. Because we will be on a plane to LA. Yeah. And so we won't have a podcast. So our question of the week is, what are your E3 predictions? No. E3 yeah. will be over by the time we have our next show. Yes, but that's the point. We can see if people's predictions are right or wrong. Uh, I like that. So, in to get you in the mood for E3, let me let me review to you what's going down at the E3s. At least what we know at this point. All right. E3 kind of sh- starts on June 9th with the EA Play showcase thing that they're doing that's 11 a.m pacific time 3 p.m or 2 p.m eastern so i was about to say that's no rpgs but that should have anthem shouldn't it maybe i don't know it was garbage last year it'll probably be garbage again so that's the saturday for e3 um on sunday microsoft is having a two-hour show at 1 p.m pacific um and uh, that's june 10th and then that night, Bethesda's having their showcase at 6 p.m. So, as far as That'll I know... That'll be Fallout, right? Huh? That'll be yeah. Fallout, right? Yeah. Do we have an invite yes. to that? Yeah. I don't think we do. What's up with that? Oh, Ask well. Mac. I don't know that I want to go. I'm not going to any of these. It's just a couple trailers, and then you go out and eat a turkey leg, and you leave. So, it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to wait in line even if you have an invite or you don't. They never really have it sorted out well. So, oh, Bethesda. That's uh, not a good prod press conference for media. Um, yeah, that one's not the best. But actually, in some ways, it's better because they did have they have stuff to do and play afterwards. It's just that there's so many people there, it's hard to, to get to it all or get to even most of it. Um, so I take it back. It's It's not a bad press conference idea. Like compared to Xbox, where you're just watching trailers for two hours and then you leave. <laughs> I, I guess the Bethesda one's kind of better, right? They give you food and something to do afterwards, and then you don't have to spend time doing it on the show floor at E3. That's to your advantage. So, I guess I shouldn't complain. Sorry, Bethesda. I apologize. Devolver's going to have their crazy pre- press conference at 8 p.m. that night, and so look I forward will not to be watching that. Huh? I will not be watching Well, that. they might not blow up someone's head this year. No, they've already apologized for it, Chris. They will definitely be blowing up somebody's head. They, they've already apologized for it? <laughs> yes. We're sorry. They haven't even played it yet. So something crazy is going to happen. All right. Wait, what's this about blowing up heads? The Did Devolver Digital press conference last year was not really a press conference. It was a parody of press conferences. And they just do kind of a funny thing for 20 to 30 minutes. And it's digital. They broadcast it on Twitch or whatever. And then 
So it, last year it had a lady saying a lot of like the sorts of things you do at keynote speeches and that it was a parody of like keynote speeches. And so it sounded funny. And then they showed like a trailer of like one of their games. And then they had like some made up stuff that they announced, like being able to throw money at the screen and have it take your money. But somebody accidentally put his hand into the screen. And so it digitally zapped his hand away and he pulled his hand back and was bleeding and gushing blood everywhere. And then, um, later on in the, in the show, the press conference lady started going crazy and her head exploded and it was very, a lot of blood and stuff. And it was very weird and, and silly and, and dumb. So, so that actually sounds kind of funny. Though. I know it is funny. Um, so if you're into a comedy and making fun of press conferences and looking for weird non sequitur stuff that, that devolver digital press conference is for you. Anna doesn't like that style of comedy. Or she just doesn't like fake blood. I'm not sure which it is yet. Both. Both? Okay. <laughs> which is... I, I don't understand. How do you like Faulty Towers and not like British comedy in its other forms? What's wrong with you? Sorry. All right. June 11th, 2018 is when Square Enix will have its press conference at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's digital only, we've been told. So... That'll we'll be see. Kingdom Hearts 3 and yeah. other associated thingamabobs. Yeah. Uh, then at 1 p.m., Ubisoft has its press conference. Um, do they have any RPG stuff going on this year? Maybe another I Assassin's don't... Creed? I don't know. Yeah. If we count Assassin's Creed, there'll be another one this year. They took two years for the last one, so that was good. Now we're back to one year. You think we're back to one year? Well, I mean, those things take three or four years to make anyway. But, yeah, yeah I mean, there's one coming out this year. Okay. The um, rumor is Greece this year. Greece, okay. Greece then Greece. mid-afternoon will be the PC gaming show at 3 p.m. Pacific. We have a couple people going to that. In theory, um, depending on whether or not we get into the next thing and how this timing works out, for the PlayStation press conference at 6 p.m. Has five games. None of them are RPGs. Oh, that's right. The PlayStation thing has already announced it's five games only, right? Yep. They're focusing on five it, games. How does that work? Isn't one of them Ghosts of Tsushima? Is that one yeah. RPG-ish? I think so. Mm, sort of. Sucker Punch's new game, right? I mean, it's uh, ten stealth assassin Tenchu, right? I don't know what it is. Isn't that the one? I forget. <sighs> yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Whatever that is, if it's an RPG or not. I remember, what is Ghost of Tsushima? Ghost of, I keep typing sushi. Yeah, TSU. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima da- gameplay. Um, open world. Do we know? It's an open world adventure game set in feudal Japan. So yeah. Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch made infamous. Is that what they're known for? Do they make anything and, else? Uh, Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper. I was I was hoping there'd be a more older game. All right. So this will be Sly Cooper, but with a samurai. Probably not. That would be cool though, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So this is like a samurai ninja guy and I assume his village got burned and now he's on a quest for redemption or revenge or both. Who knows? And there'll be lots of ninjas. So that'll be part of the PlayStation conference along with four other games. Um, will one of them be Final Fantasy VII? Yes or no? (laughs) Anna's a no. (laughs) I'm not going to hold my breath. All right. I'm saying no. Um, I bet you one will be that weird motorcycle game they keep showing every year, right? No, one will be uh, the new Last of Us. 
I think they've announced that too, right? Yeah, The Last of Us 2. And then the uh, the other zombie game. What is that one that they've been working on forever? God. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're right. That's um, Sony. Let's see. Days Gone? Days Gone. Days Gone. That's yes, the one. Yes, yes, that's going to be I thought that's happened. what you meant by the motorcycle. That's game. what I meant. Yes, that okay. is what I meant. Because there's a motorcycle in like the first five seconds. Yes, but I forever think of it as the motorcycle game. Yep. <laughs> All right. So they've already told us what the five games are. The Last of Us Part Two, Spider-Man, which looks cool. I'm interested to see more of that. Days Gone, Death Stranding, um, like uh, the Kojima thing. Dreams, Dreams, Ghosts of Tsushima, and a remaster of Medieval. So, um, yeah. I mean, that. what else could it be? Well, I guess they haven't said... I'm I'm sorry. I'm reading a Polygon article. I, f- I swear I saw a list of just the five games somewhere because I just read you more than five games. But I'm pretty sure that most of those games were in that list. I'm pretty sure that yeah, game... They, hmm. I thought they said that and it was going to be more uh, interviews with developers and stuff this time. Yeah, which... It's going to be more in-depth. But then. then they said they're still doing a press event. Yeah. So what does that mean? Know. What are they doing? We've been trying to get an invite. We usually get an invite. We haven't got an invite yet. So it's a that... smaller theater this year too, isn't it? Yeah, I assume so. I must be a small thing, so sites like us don't get in. I guess they said Maybe. the thing that they were doing that night was online only. No, when Sony? Yep. When did that news come in? Maybe that's you not should what read I... Slack. I did, and that was not what I'd heard last time. Mm-hmm. Read Slack. That five that five game thing is, is digital only. So then what is the press event? They're not having one. They said specifically that they are. They told him they are. They told Mac they are. No. Yeah. No. Oh, they told Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, This is so confusing. Ah. So they're not going to show any new hardware as well. So we know we know hardware is out for whatever that's worth. Um, let's see. Man, this is so so confusing. I, I saw something about this. Like they had a reply on Twitter that says, "No, we will be doing a thing." Um, let's see. Yes, that's right. They had an update that a live attendance, a live audience will be in attendance at the press event. So there, there is going to be a live audience. Okay, so does Mac email them back and call them liars? And that was Sid Schumann. So Shu or Sid Schumann said that. Yep, in front of a li- live audience again, just like every year. But what? <laughs> so who said? Who told? Uh, so Max says they heard something else. Mac like... emailed them and said, "Hey, we want to go," and they said, "No, it's online only." Okay. Oh, no audience. Okay, I'm about to tweet back at Sid Schumann and then realize I'm logged into the RP Gamer account, so I'm not going to do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I kind of want to 
just like ask him like so what <laughs> shit let Nick handle it so um I guess yeah so for, for you at home just know that on Twitter in May 11th they said one thing and now we've been told via email when trying to get into the event another thing so I don't know what's going to happen but my assumption is what's actually going on is that it is a small pre-recorded event with a much smaller audience that they can trust will honor NDAs and then they can broadcast the thing online. Or it'll be live but still be a small audience. I'm not sure which. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, un- everything in that press conference is going to be pre recorded. Yeah. Well, but with a live audience? So the point is, with the live audience, will that be also pre-recorded? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. So nobody really understands what's going on with Sony. <laughs> Seems unlikely there's going to be any big RPGs there, though. Yeah. No, we know that. They've announced, like, the five games yeah. that they said yeah, yeah, they yeah. were going to be there. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, they did announce five games. Oh, cool. Cool. I have I have the list off the blog. Thank you if you've been shouting into your into your um, MP3 player. Um, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man, and The Last of Us Part Two. And, of course, we'll have stellar announcements from third-party publishers and independent developers. So there will also be other games from third parties. So those are just the five Sony things. So okay. four Sony things, excuse me. I don't know how to count. I mean, <laughs> Death Stranding could be an RPG. Who the heck knows what the heck that <laughs> is? I'm, I'm going to say no. Do we get another baby I'm with a no, thumbs up? Who the hell knows? Do we get another thumbs up baby? Maybe. You know that they're going to put out something gif worthy. That's what he does. <sighs> yeah. So is Nintendo the next one? Uh, yeah, Nintendo is going to be there. We know they're digital only. Yeah. <laughs> we have we know what Nintendo's up to for once. Yeah. That's going to be... going to be a Nintendo Direct and then three days at Treehouse. 9 a.m. at Tuesday the, the 12th. 9 a.m. Pacific time. So, yeah, they'll be the... And the, are they doing... Did they announce they're doing the Treehouse streaming for three days yes. again? Okay, great. I love that. That's all great. Thank you, Nintendo. Okay. So, There's... My big question is now that virtual consoles officially dead, are they fi- people finally going to shut up about Mother Three? Is it officially no. dead? No. What no. does officially dead mean? That they, means they are no th- longer going to use the moniker virtual console. Why do you say that? Because they said they're they no said longer that. going to use they the moniker virtual console. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They said that. They said they are retiring that branding. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean they won't no, do that, retro stuff. It doesn't yeah, mean that they're not going to mean that, but use that also old means... games. In fact, they have repeatedly said part of the Nintendo online service is having retro games as part of your subscription. They're just not going to call it Virtual Console. Sure. So um, what's interesting to me is that also sounds like the closest Nintendo w- would ever say to, that we're discontinuing something. By saying we're not going to use this branding anymore, never ad- specifically addressing that they're not going to do the thing anymore. <laughs> so we know the subscription thing's coming. We have a good yeah. sense that the virtual console is not coming back. Um, yeah. So There's the question for you: th- We know they're not going to do the subscription thing in the way we want, right? Honestly, do you know what the reason why they're stopping calling it virtual console? 
So that people stop feeling entitled like they need to have a Wii, the Wii U, and the Switch, and they have to automatically get it for free. <laughs> okay. But but we've never gotten it for free. Yeah, so. I know. I don't yes. know what you're referring to. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing is this every time people are like, well, that means I get it for free now, right? And Nintendo's like, <laughs> no. And now they just don't have to say LOL no. I just want an excuse to feed on more Mother Fan Tears. That's all. <laughs> don't be mean. They're, they're very dedicated. I, I'm sorry. It's just something that gets on my nerves every year. And at one point it's like, okay, when that, is it a joke or is it serious? And sometimes I see it as serious. All right, so my questions to you, prediction-wise, what does Nintendo announce that's big? Mario Sheesh. and Luigi partners in time. <laughs> no, no, that one ain't happening. <laughs> oh man, what are they going to uh, announce that isn't hasn't been announced? Do, do we actually see Fire Emblem Switch, or is that going to be delayed till 2019? I thought it already was delayed till 2019. It's still 2018. Oh, is it? They haven't said anything. If yet. it's still 2018 and they don't delay it, then yes, it will be here, but that's a lot of ifs. Yeah. There's that rumor about the... All right, the, so uh... Fire Emblem for Nintendo Switch, uh -oh. working title. Hey. Do we know, like, is the booth dedicated to something already? Nope. We have no idea what the booth okay, is. Okay, so, like, last year it was all Mario, and the year before it was all Zelda. This year we have no clue. It'll Do... probably be Smash. I hope. Here's what yeah, I hope. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be hope... Smash. No, you're not listening. I hope it's a little meeting room in the re... in the middle, and the rest is a bunch of rope lines that aren't used, and it's all red carpeting, and it's just empty like Konami was. It's just going to be <laughs> oh nothing God, there. that one year. And inside is... Um... <laughs> Inside so many is Charles so Martinet doing interviews with a handful of, of hand-picked outlets. Hey, at least by else. the second day, they took away all the stupid stanchions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are these here for? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> One theater showing a Metal Gear 5 trailer that nobody's they, lining up for. So it was, a, it was a year that they were supposed to have like four or five games on display, but oh, they'd, they had had like critical, yeah. they'd had like critical one or two games had had like a critical delay one of the demos didn't work and then one of the games got canceled <laughs> so out of like the five games that konami was supposed to show at e3 they had one and it was a it was a closed door um theater demo only it was it was hands off it was basically a a, a movie reel uh, so, but it was Metal Gear. So. It was Metal Gear, which was fine. But the problem was you saw it once and then who, who cares? And well, because it was closed, you couldn't just line up for it. And so. you couldn't line up for it. You had to. It, they had the stupid ticket system. Yeah. So um, they had this very so sad they had this. Booth. So they had a huge Konami booth because Konami, Konami always had a they huge They had a booth. huge area yeah. with a tiny little booth in the middle. Nobody lined up for it and they got mad if you took pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> so I took pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or was that the year that I took pictures of it for you? Oh, because probably. I had an exhibitor pass so I could get in early. Yeah, See, you're talking times. about... 
you you painting this picture about a sad Nintendo booth with Charles Martinet. I pictured him playing with his Mario dolls in this booth because nobody will come talk to him. It's me, I Mario. Hello, how are you I doing, Charles? You... I'm a doing a fine, a Mario. Ha, let's play some some Switch together. Oh, what are we going to play today? Oh, we're going to play some Fire Emblem. Oh, is anyone well, here to play with us? No. You laugh. No. Have you ever seen Charles Martinet's Instagram? No. No? Is that what he does? <laughs> yeah, he brings Mario dolls with him wherever he goes and acts out little skits with them. That's great. And it's the cutest thing you will ever see. It's just it's just Charles Martinet with a microphone and some people doing the Cat Mario show and he's doing the voices for him. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> That'll be perfect. The, that, no, that's I'm, the Nintendo look- booth. That's my I'm prediction. Looking, <laughs> I'm looking at some of the more recent entries and he hasn't done that in a while, but like when I first discovered Charles Martinet's Instagram, that's what it all was at the beginning was just him doing skits with Mario Mario and Luigi and Well Luigi dolls and I sat there and watched all of them and it was so freaking cute and hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I posted a link to it in the mm-hmm. in the chat if people want to see. Then now, now it's more like being at cons. And yeah, he's embraced it. People at it's, cons it's and stuff. All right. So. Our predictions for PlayStation, we kind of went through. We know what they're doing. Uh, okay, do we have a do we have an indie title that's going to show up there? We wouldn't know, would we? No. PC gaming show <laughs> is all usually kind of laughable. Uh, all right, Square Enix, Final Fantasy VII footage or no Final Fantasy VII footage? Uh, doesn't have to be coming some... out this year. We know it's not coming out this year. Doesn't have to be coming out this decade because we know that's not happening either. Do we can, see can I footage? Split, can I split the middle and say screenshots? Screenshots? Yeah, just screenshots. No footage, just screenshots. Oh, that's totally possible. <laughs> I think we get nothing. <laughs> we lose, sir? But, uh, not lose. It's just they, the, the, the scuttlebutt is that all the pre-production stuff we saw before, like with like the screenshots before, was all like very beta not even in the the real engine sort of thing so now they're actually making the game and it's going to be totally different looking by the time we see it again so they have nothing to show us i bet maybe all right no anna what's your prediction ff7 no ff7 i kind of am going to come down on the screenshot side as well screenshots okay more screenshots kelly uh, screenshots. Screenshots. Okay. Everyone, so I'm saying nothing. You all say screenshots. That's fair. Oh, wait. Pascal, what about you? Oh, uh, why not? I, I think they're going to uh, announce that the game is releasing the week after. <laughs> you're going for the long shot. Going for it. All right. Yeah, but if I'm right. You, if you're I'll right. Get, I'll get the payout. Yeah, you're right. That's that's true. <laughs> Some long odds there. Yeah. <laughs> Given they've already said it won't be out till next year at the soonest. Well... Of course they would say that. Yes, just to, just to deceive you. Um, will Xbox have an RPG? That's all I want to know. Will there be an RPG shown at the Xbox conference? Hmm. Do you think they trot out Fable something or other? Nope, I don't. No. I think that's done. It's dead? I think that's dead. Then what else do they have? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
That's why the question, will there be an RPG? Just one. Will there be one? Can, can they make a Forza RPG? They still make those games. I've heard Sea of Thieves is popular on that system. Does that count as an RPG? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Anna? Xbox RPG? <laughs> okay. <laughs> As soon as I said I the word Xbox, I was trying to hold it together. I said Xbox, and she couldn't hold it anymore. All right, all right. My uh, my prediction is yes, there will be an RPG, but it's cheating because it'll be um a pre it'll be some sh- footage of uh, Fallout seventy six, and just a little teaser, and then we'll see more later that night at the Bethesda conference. Oh, so, that's a good call. Yep. Uh, uh, but that well, but that call depends on Fallout seventy six actually being an RPG, which I can't actually count on. <laughs> um, I would, I'm not going. If they just show footage for another Elder Scrolls Online expansion, I'm not counting that as as a victory, because <laughs> that's that's too cheap. <laughs> but I guess it would be you know, if that's what they're relate. You know, I, I expect that at the Bethesda conference, but if. Xbox has time to show footage from another Scrolls Online um, expansion, then man, they really don't have much to announce. I'm so worried for Xbox. <laughs> are, this... are they already stash? Are they already pulling the Nintendo and just like stashing their stuff for the next console? I don't know. This is a two-hour press conference, so they must have a lot to talk about. So I, it's it, this is make or break. It's going to be amazing, or it is going to be so underwhelming. Well, you you would think if it was make or break, they would have had something for the Xbox One X. And they didn't. Well, this they're going to have it here. Okay. Or they're going <laughs> to announce the Xbox One Y. <laughs> Forget the X. This one, this one, it's the Xbox One V. Actually, we skip Y. It's the Xbox One V for VR. This one does do VR. It comes with VR. You all have one under your seats, and um, we've got moss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else they could say <laughs> that would actually make you care about VR. So, oh yeah, they did announce originally they were going to do VR, and then they kind of never got around to doing they that. Never did got they? Around to it. No, yeah. <laughs> It's all HoloLens. Um, actually, we're scrapping the Xbox, and instead we've got these sunglasses that let you play Minecraft wherever you are. <laughs> that almost sounds doable. <laughs> all right, there's our predictions. <laughs> Does Nintendo have anything? I, I, do you think there's any chance of them having something like An Advance RPG? Wars? Or, oh. Yeah, like Advance Wars, bringing that back? or. Mm-hmm. In, I or mean, do you think they're going to have some indie titles, ice or some third-party RPGs? I'm sure something from is, Atlas, is I bet, and something yeah. from Nisa. We uh, haven't heard anything about SMT Five yet. <gasps> oh, the SMT thing for the Switch, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, going to be, be more next Tokyo year. Game Show. Yeah, yeah, true. And yeah, not... it, it, we're going to hear about that in Japan way before we're going to hear hmm. about that in E3. Okay. Uh, that was me putting out hope. Yeah, sorry. No, I like that, Kelly. I'm going with it. SMT on the Switch. And I bet you they'll show us a screenshot of the new Pokemon. Not... I don't think we're going to get any news about that new Pokemon until next year. You think the Pokemon Ooh, Direct took clear what... of it? Okay. One other thing. Would they bother to show 3DS games? Could we see, like, Persona Q2? That would also be TGS? 
I'm not sure if they will show 3DS games or not, but I think we will be able to infer a lot by whether or not they show 3DS games. I mean, they're going to show Bowser's Inside Story, right? Oh. Hmm. It will be in I, I, on like one or two 3DSs very sadly in the corner. No, but we're talking about during the, the, during the expo, during the, the press conference thing. Oh. Will it get time Sushi Striker maybe? Oh, yeah. They've been big on that Sushi Striker, haven't they? Yeah. And that'll be coming out later that month. I mean, it'll be in the treehouse, if nothing else. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a a seven-hour explanation about how awesome Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is. <laughs> you think they'd announce a port of X? Of X? No. Because yeah. people didn't like it? I don't know if they could port X without heavily redoing a bunch of stuff. Wouldn't they be better because... off? Go ahead. No, because uh, that had like a heavy second screen component to it. Wouldn't they be better off porting Xenoblade Chronicles 1? Yeah, but that that game looks pretty bad for an HD port. They'd have to like really... Yeah, really I know. They'd have to work, work on it. Yeah, but I'm saying say they did that, you know? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think that game sold well enough to justify a port that would take that much work. Hmm, fair enough. I mean, have you looked at that game recently? Well, I mean, on 3DS or Wii? <laughs> on Wii. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's PS2 era graphics. Yeah, all right. I mean, it looked great for a Wii game, but that, that wouldn't transition well to Switch game It's just going to be weird to have a, an E3 Direct without something Xeno-related lately. It's got to be something. Okay. My, my long shot, they're going to announce Persona 5 Crimson on the Switch. Okay. Why That's Crimson? Why is it called Crimson? Persona oh. 4 Golden. Got it. Yeah. Persona 5 Crimson. All right. So There's Persona 5 shot. port. All right. I like it. Anna, would you play Persona 5 on the Switch? Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. Um, I'm going to predict they announce another Musou game. <laughs> that is a safe prediction. That's a pretty safe prediction, That's right? That's a really safe prediction. Kirby Musou. You've heard it here first. Kirby Musou. Kirby Musou. <laughs> I would like to see that. I don't know if I, I want to play it, but I want to see it. would be amazing. All right, guys. So been you'd, a... like, you'd suck up the boss, the keep bosses yes. to get powers? Yes. Yes, of course you would. And you'd be able to unlock like Yarn Kirby and Prince Fluff yep. and and uh, uh, Meta Knight, answer. Meta Knight, and King Day Day, and oh yeah, everyone. I thought it was DDD. Whatever it is. Da da da, DDD, do do do, King do do do. All right. We need to move on. <laughs> We've been recording for so long. Okay, so time for our new releases. <laughs> this week, Elder Scrolls Online Somerset comes out for Xbox One and PS4. Uh, Vampire comes out for Windows, PS4, and Xbox One. That's the Spanish flu set one with the doctor who's a vampire. You get to choose if you're going to kill or eat people. Anna's going to be watching the reviews closely of that this week. Yep. Warhammer 40k Inquisitor, that's the Diablo style one that we were talking about earlier. Windows, PS4, Xbox. The Banner Saga 2 hits, is out now on Nintendo Switch, 
So that's Tactical RPG. So that's the first two that are out now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sorcery Saga, the Great Curry Saga thing, that's got a PC version coming this week. So Sorcery Saga, Curse of the Great Curry God. Those are your releases this week. What are you going to be playing? Kelly? Uh, more Shining Force. More Shining Force. Anna? Fallen Legion Switch. Mm. I'm going to be Ooh, tough. Have you played that before? Hmm? Oh. Have you already played any of that? No. Because okay. the game I'm was curious. split. The game was initially split between the PS Vita and the PS4. Right. And then both games came out on the PS4, but that was like, man, not portable. And then uh, Nisa announced that they were porting it to the Switch. And then I was like, yeah, I can get I'm behind that. curious what your take is on the combat system. I am really curious to play it because Nisa did uh, a stream with Spencer there with them. So Spencer Yip is kind of the brains behind Fallen Legion. He's also the guy that started Silicon Era. Um, and so I've known him for years and years. Um, and so um, basically you do combat, but you're also making decisions while you're fighting and you have to make them very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of very, very intrigued by this. All righty. And Pascal, what are you going to play? I'm kind of um, in in Anna's boat. I don't know what I can play in the couple of days we have before E3. Yep. I don't want to start something big, so I don't. I honestly don't know. Okay. Small stuff. Josh. Maybe. Gosh, help me! I got to finish Little Witch Academia. Oh, that, that thing has to go down. <laughs> got to get done with that thing. All right. Remember, I, my will to play it has just been sapped. This the week. true magic is your belief in yourself. Okay. I you know. Can do, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Well, you've had, you've had to play some turds this year, Josh. <laughs> well, I picked this one. Unfortunately, this one was all me. It's my own fault. He's the anime editor. That's how it works. Yeah, some, yeah. Somebody needs to give him something good to play. <laughs> oh, we'll see. I'm hoping Full Metal Panic is actually decent. I'm sure some we'll get something from Compile Heart that we'll send your way. It'll be great. Uh, yeah, I, I feel fun. like. I feel like we need to record a PSA with him with a Sarah McLaughlin song. It's like this poor boy has been playing bad games the first half of this year. Please get this man a good game. This poor boy. In poor the boy. arms of an angel. Playing the witch on the hundred night. Um, okay. So I'm going to be... Uh, stomping through Suikoden, I bet. Though Anna Marie has said that she may have given up on watching me play Yakuza, so I might get back into Yakuza Kiwami. So cool, do that. I don't, but I feel really bad because I feel like Anna should see all Yakuza. So mm. the problem is the subtitles, and she can't play her portable games and read subtitles. And you know how she just can't go a week without beating two or three games. So <laughs> it's it's a hard thing to combine, right, Anna? Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> Did I miss anyone? Nope. Okay. I think you got everyone. I think we got everyone. Thanks for watching, everyone. Next week's going to be E3. Get your predictions into us at podcast.rpgamer.com or 608-729-4098 um, or uh, post on the show thread. Uh, so go to the website, click podcast, RPG cast, find the current show, and uh, comment right there. In the post what the was show. that question, question of the week again? What are your E3 predictions so we can see if they oh, were okay. right or wrong? 
All right. Get those into us before E3, preferably. Um, otherwise, you'll look really smart, but we will be able to see the timestamp, so you won't look that smart. Um, we, we will not condone cheating. We will not. Uh, I, hey, as long as we get interaction, I'm kind of okay with it. Just get, <laughs> I, I want people to be involved. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, let us know. Um, yeah, and maybe you should tell us what you're playing. That's something people haven't... Maybe we should make like the normal feedback thing, like check in on what you're playing right now and answer the question. That gives you more things to talk about, right? No? That's right. It's, yeah. Maybe someone else is playing terrible anime yeah, games. Yeah, maybe would it's like not to hear just about you. Them. Yeah. Anything you can rant about or rave about, you know, go for it. All right. So thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be back in two weeks with um, some sort of E3 thing. Um, maybe we'll record something in the E3. Maybe we won't. It kind of depends now nowadays. I've done this both ways. Um, we found the best thing for coverage at E3 is to do the impressions. So I want to make sure people have plenty of time to work on writing their impressions and getting them up to you as quickly as possible. With the new site, that should be a lot easier, too. Um, so... If we're able to do some video stuff or audio stuff, that'll be cool, but that's not going to be our focus. Um, our focus is getting those written impressions to you so you can get some idea of how these games are um, and some focus times on those games. So if we can get something to you, we will. Otherwise, look for us in two weeks, the Saturday after E3, and we'll have a nice show where we kind of go through all the stuff we talked about, and it'll be even longer than this one. All right. Thanks. Until then, we'll see you and have a good time and post some feedback. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-b